War Podcast episode 24, go! Go, 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 go! That was good content you just deleted. Huh? That wasn't content. Well, here, I can like do it. No, no. You want the pre-roll? I don't care. I don't care. Is this is this how it's going to... We're going to start off on that foot this week? Is that how you want to start? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi, Dylan. Hi. Hey, Mason. Alex. Hey, Dan. God, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to allow it. Fuck it. You guys, Hi, you guys host the podcast. I'm Hi, Jeff. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Dan Cotting. Hi, Alex. Hi, Mason. Hi, Alex Rice. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Mason Brown. Thank you. What's up, guys? Mason Brown. Brown. What have you guys been doing? Can we call him Farmer Brown from now on? I've been building a website. What have you been building a website? Doing? I've been building a... Well, you guys have been much more productive at your website building. <laughs> I've been learning about web technologies. Yeah. We have been making websites. What have you been doing? Playing video games. <laughs> yes! <laughs> nice. well, you I opened up games. Unity today. Ooh. You want Unity today? Opened it up. Ah. Nice. How is it? S- still running. Unity, not Assassin's oh, Creed Unity, oh. Unity, the, the engine. game dev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, nice. It's not like Syndicate. Don't call AC Syndicate Syndicate. That's true, because Syndicate's a dope game. The original Syndicate's cool, too. Uh, I can't... I'm not I'm sure I played it now. What is Syndicate? Syndicate lets you press a button and you hack people's brains. <laughs> oh, oh just so, yeah. so remember me. <laughs> was that any good? Wait, are you asking me to remember you? Yeah. Or are you... Yeah. <laughs> I hate... I don't know if it was any good. My brother remember got Remember me <laughs> seems like the spiritual successor, even though it's totally not, to that game on GameCube where you're like the lady that dances and she shoots and she dances. Because uh, she's always like... No, 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 no. It's, it's a GameCube game. It's Capcom. It's like one of. It's not Perfect Dark. No, that's, no, that's no, that's, that's that's sorry, rare. Brain Brain. You're just thinking of women in video games. Well, you're talking about shooting and dancing, and who's dancing? Don't, don't dancing. apologize dancing when he gets all dark. Antsy that no one can remember this obscure game. Uh, all yeah. right, it's his fault. Point he can't, wet. Point. No, it's not wet. It's <laughs> we just 360. said wet. <laughs> it's a 360 game. Um, point. It's uh, she's she's got a suit on. Point blank. Point, point dark. Yeah, Keanu Reeves surfing. Alright, enter the Matrix. Point break. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, moving along. Okay, so. What's that David Bowie Wait, hold on. Let's wrap this up. Um, Undertale. What did you think of, what did you think of the ending? I, okay, so, so there are multiple endings. To remind people, yes. How did you play? Did you play neutral? PNR oh, Priest. Show me a screenshot. And I want you to read the Google search out loud that I just typed in. GameCube dancing lady. Shooting. Shooting. <laughs> Gotta love Google. I gotta hold on. I, I have one that's uh, like the that. second you result was that? Space Channel number five. Database um, of human intelligence. I vaguely remember that box art. Talk amongst yourselves. I need to. Okay. Well, wait, wait. So are we gonna go? Let's before. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Undertale and Tales from the Borderlands after we talk about some stuff first. But I can't okay. talk about. Tales I also want to talk about FTL. And we're gonna talk about. Okay, so what's okay? What have you been playing this week, Dylan? <laughs> Dylan's on his phone. Okay, <laughs> you ass. Um, I've been playing FTL on iPad. Uh, I just picked it up. Um, I've been told by a dozen people to play this game, and I've been listening to the soundtrack while I work. It's so the soundtrack good. is phenomenal. And so I think dope too. Yeah, um, it's really entertaining. Uh, for those who don't know, FTL is a roguelike uh, spaceship simulator. You are part of a um, like federation or a republic, or mm-hmm. uh, you're 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 basically the blue coats if we're talking about Firefly. I thought you were running from the Federation. And I thought they were called the brown coats. No, the brown coats are the ones killing you. Oh. Um, Even though he doesn't have a brown coat. 
on. He does have a bracket. Yeah. No, we're we're not the good guys. At least I, I actually okay. So, FTL. So you're the. Here's the way I see it. I thought it was like a Rebels Empire thing. I'm yeah. I'm play. You play as the Empire, and your your whole goal is to get this message across. Various star systems, and every time you jump to a new place, you fight a new enemy. Again, are you familiar? Or something else happens. Uh, only from Alex mentioning it. I looked yeah. at it briefly. Okay. I haven't played it. The way I see it, I side with the pirates. You're playing as the bad guys, and because every other space fiction I've ever seen has po- poised the rebels as the heroes, and this is one of the few times where you're playing as the Federation. The Federation. Yeah, but I don't think that there's the more. There's not really a morality scale in there. Hold on. No, there totally First of all, Star Trek. Yeah, let's Fair, not talk right. about space fiction Fair. where you're playing as the yeah. And like the Star Trek future of what government is is like the model that I wish we would hurdle towards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean communism? Huh? And, and aspect, okay, I, I retract my other. Well, statement when you take out scarcity, you know, you don't you can have communism, but we live in a world of scarcity, so. So, I just want. So once I had to look up a game. And the Google query I typed was third-person cover game with robot suit and jetpack. And the game I was looking for was Vanquish. Yeah, I could have told you that. You could have said that to me. But no, it, it, no, it, it, but you could have said Dark Void. I, was, I would have said Dark Void. I would have said Vanquish. Dark Void is is, is, is cover-based shooter with jetpack. Yeah. Search that. Um, Once you get Dark Void. Okay. I would have said anyway. jetpack. So, <laughs> Rocketeer. Sorry, love, I love that movie. Um, FTL is very difficult. Um, Mason, you've been playing for a long time. What tips can you offer me? Um, I'm doing pretty okay, but I still, after a couple like system jumps, I get my shit wrecked. The here's what you do: you mass, pow- mass pow- tips. power cycle your router for a step. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so FTL for, for, and Dylan, have you played FTL? I've played a little bit of it. A little bit, yeah. Like a little bit, like you, like not even a okay. full right. game. You have familiar. So basically what FTL is, is that you have this board, essentially, that you're moving across. You need to get from the left side to the right side, and every new sector is a new board. And then you can randomly... So pretty much every encounter, every time you make a move, you have an encounter. Okay, you with me so far? Yep. The biggest thing I can say is that you need money. You need to go take, and you need to shop every time you can go buy stuff. You need to constantly buy upgrades, because your ship, basically the way it works is you manage the ship, and um, you have a crew, and it's top-down. And you assign power to the late, to the to the weapons, to oxygen, to your engines. Um, so invest in your shields early. Shields yep. are super important. And then engines give you dodge. Ah, uh, okay. So I think really I've been helpful. I've been ignoring the engines and focusing on shields. You always have a guy uh, in the, the captain's no the captain seat because you, so you get can dodge. dodge. Okay. Um, it's like guns, uh, weapons, and engines. But beyond that, like what's really cool about FTL, I think, is that FTL does what I really like about games, where it's there's these, and I was telling you guys about the other day, the, there's randomized narrative that allow you as a player to, you go into someone and they're like, hey, there's a distress beacon, go help our, our homies out. And it's much better written than that, but whatever. So you go help them out, but it's actually trapped. So you're fucked. So what's cool about it is that systematically the game decides we're going to give you this quest or whatever, and all of a sudden you getting fucked by them has spun your entire experience because they're all... I mean, a full game of FTL takes, like, two hours. Right. Like, start to finish. So they, they create these, like, little, like, cycles where it's just... It's it's, it's very tight, and it, it feels like you're you're influencing this this tiny narrative, and it's different every time, even though it's the same pieces over. And I think games are going to move more and more that way um, as people are kind of... I think 
what we saw with Shadow of Mordor in the name of the game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what you saw with Shadow of Mordor... What's that term again? Procedurally generated. Right. Well, they and they, they had this... Uh, what's the system called? Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah. Where they... Did you ever play Shadow of Mordor? No. Do you, do you play games? Yes. Do you, do you know about the Nemesis system, though? No. I never played it, but okay. this is like one of the coolest things to come out of games in the last <clears> few years. So in, in Shadow of Mordor, when you die, the enemy that kills you essentially ranks up. Mm-hmm. So there's all these warlords throughout the world. It's an open world game. Mm. And when you kill them, you restructure. Is there a better way to describe it? Or No, there's a chain you, of command. There's a chain of command. You work up the chain of command. But you can also... Uh, you, or you can possess people. Basically. You can possess people. And then you can influence chain of command by influencing and then helping him become the top dog. Okay. And then I remember him. reading that with Shadow Mortar, it was a really innovative system that people really applauded um it's on my list of games i want to get i just haven't had a chance it's a big game too it is a big you game. played through the whole thing yeah i got to the second area and i fell off yeah um, i really liked it though and it was very much uh, that was a game where like the story was the thing that was pushing me forward and as soon mm-hmm. as i kind of beat it i was like i mean this nemesis system is cool but Did you they get far into it though i mean i didn't i i did as much as they required of me i didn't like possess every last guy or captain but so but at the very end, you have to possess all the warlords. So I did that mm. the minute I got to the green area. Right. Where I just went through and possessed everyone. So I had the whole map to myself, and then I did this. I feel like you enjoy breaking games. I do. Yeah. And it was just like, after the narrative thread was done, which it doesn't really end on a good note, I was just kind of like, all right. Like, I would like it Does if there was... die? <laughs> yes. What, what, what's does. the go- orc that constantly was it? Gorbag. What's his name? Rockbag. Rock. Big bag. Chick top. Oh fuck. Big bag. Chick top. Rat. Rat bag. Rat bag. Rat bag. Yeah. Rat bag. He's like the sniveling coward. He's that you... voiced by someone. I'm looking at him. There. But what's great is that all the names are randomly generated. That's cool, Dan. So like, there's there's this very famous video on YouTube because what they do is when you confront a captain, who are so there are warlords. You're like, there's five of them, and everyone else is a captain if they're on this basically chessboard that you're attacking. And so they randomly assign the names. If you go into a mission to attack someone, they chant their name. This guy's name is Ass Douche. <laughs> no, it's so it's Ass Douche, Ass Douche, Ass Douche, and, Ass Douche. And, um, some of them are like, some of them are like, Iraq the dumb. Like, they, like their names all influenced, and they're all these procedurally generated personalities. Yeah. So the armor they wear, and then like, uh, like there's one guy that like has a metal mask. Yeah. So then when he comes back, his mask is like ripped off. You see how fuck up his face is. Like it's really cool. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, if it's blah 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 the dumb or blah 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 the the impaired, like sometimes like half their head's gone, and there's just like a metal plate <laughs> in replace of it. Nice. <laughs> but like, but like none of that really informs. Like, it informs the gameplay a bit, but it's... The narrative. is not really much to it. Yeah. Like, if I kill that guy, I mean, he gets replaced by some other faceless guy. It's like, if everyone is randomly generated and everyone's unique, then no one is unique. Because it's kind of like, you know, yeah. it's not... What I do like about FTL, though, is that the concept of, you know, if you go get this distress beacon, you know, there's a chance of either it fucking you over or not fucking you over. And that, like, well, Mason doing said, the right thing can fuck you over too. That's what I'm I saying. Love that. Yeah, and that informs the player's decision. Say next time there's a distress beacon, you still once again have to weigh that option of okay, is this going to fuck me over again, or is this going to be an actual distress beacon? So I like that aspect of F- FTL, but like the actual game play, the strategical component, I didn't have much for. All right, rat bag. 
Ratbag. Take a guess of who the voice actor is. Uh, Alan Rickford. Neil Patrick Harris. Rest in peace. Phil John Lamar. Goodman. Who's Phil Lamar? Phil Lamar is the voice of the Green Lantern in Justice League. Unlimited? He's the voice of oh. Vamp in Metal Gear Solid. He's the, yeah. He's, um... Wait, Hal Jordan or the, uh, or... Um, no, John Stewart, I John think. Stewart, okay. Uh, who do you know, who would you know him from? He's an actor from Mad TV. He's, he's like a voice actor in This, this is a reputable... Um... He, he's got a career. Yeah, he's got, like, you know, this is... He's... What movie he's in. He's the voice of Rage. Have you seen that Bob Weir documentary on Netflix? No. You know who Bob Weir is? Uh, I've heard the name, I probably do. He's the rhythm guitarist for Grateful Dead. Okay, and there's a guy talking about him, and he goes, he is one of the best rhythm guitarists on the Or, like, if you don't have any ego, you can be the best number two in the world. And I feel like that's what we're doing right now, mm. going through this guy's filmography. <laughs> yeah. He's Joe and Old Dogs. All right, anyway. Anyway. Film? I don't know. Um, so, FTL, are you, do you like it? Or I do it, like it's, it. It's the kind of game that I think... You have to learn by failing, and I think a lot of people get turned off by that in games. Um, so far, there's enough of a, a reward whenever I do make it like incrementally further further than I did the last time that I want to keep playing, and the narrative is engaging enough. Um, I would definitely spend your money. Like oh, when you get money, like yeah, go yeah, to shops. I always do. Always, always direct yourself to the yeah, shop. Yeah, I think I've got a good handle on the systems. I just need to get a better handle and and get luckier. Um, it, it lacks a certain level of polish that might keep me playing it for months and months, but I'll definitely play it. Yeah. I like. I'd be surprised if I put it down before beating it. Mm. I would play it on easy first. Okay, I think getting going through an easy and unlocking other ships too makes it more interesting because every time mm. you beat the game or something, you, you, you unlock get more new ships. ships. Yeah, that yeah that's why I want. Yeah, and um, show you the, the ships polish thing. I'm, what, where, where do you where do you guys see the lack of polish? Just in like the character design, like the design of the ships and stuff is just kind of very it's basic in, it's vector art. Yeah. It, it well, it's not even vector so much as pixels, and it's intentionally. But it's that not way. sprite. I mean, it's not pixel sprites. Like you can't see pixels. It it oh, it's well, just very like. I think it is vector. Oh, yeah, it is vector. It's, it's carried down I, like okay. line art. Because I've looked at the ships close up, and you can see. Or it's like when like a bomb. Well, that's just your iPad. Yeah, you can always oh, see okay. pixels on oh. any pixelated display. Brain. Um, it's like you know when a bomb or a missile hits your ship and it explodes. It explodes in like a gradient. Yeah. yeah. Out radial I, effect. I, I, like, I will say, so when, when Alex was talking I about this. I love the art direction in the game. I, so uh, I, I, I looked I, at a video and I was not particularly interested in the art direction. That's what but, took me so uh, long to get into it. Because when you look at it, it it's, just, it's very much. Oh, it does kind of look like a board game, which I like board games. I mean, it is very much that. It's a strategy layer. It is pixel art. It is? Yeah. Call it's it. good looking pixel art. It's good looking pixel art. Um. Or like, I don't like the I mean, shield. And... When, when we were talking the other day about XCOM well, coming out in February, um, the two games I immediately thought of that oh I want to play God. before XCOM, because I'm excited for XCOM 2, are um, The Witness and Firewatch because the art direction Those is Those are so, like so far away from anything XCOM could possibly well, be. The, 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 the point I'm trying to make there is, is more is, like XCOM than you guys. Not in terms of like okay, what well, the, the game puzzle, is, but like what, the witness, well, what he's been saying about the narrative, how the narrative comes about oh, yeah. based on how like you play it. And it's not this like straight hit yeah. over the head narrative. The point I was just trying to make was th- that I'm very much drawn to aesthetics first and foremost, um, and, and well, narrative based gameplay as opposed to systems driven. So what I like about FTL though is that um, whereas I, I think the design and the people that I mean, it's hard to make this case to people that haven't played the game. 
but all of the visual cues they put in that game are there for you as the player mm. to understand the state because it's very fast. Yeah. Like, it has a pause function. Oh, I, I use pause like shit. 90%. All of a sudden, they hit your O2 tank. The air is now draining out of your ship. Mm. Everything's on fire That's that has oxygen in the room. If the room has no oxygen... That would be bad. Borders have come in. They've killed the camera. Yeah, they, they, they teleport they in. they got drones. They're, like, you can get... Fu- two seconds, right? All of it is there to relay so that you can process a lot really quick. Um, there's an article about the UI of of military grade technology where it's very much like you need to know all the data up front and it's very oriented around that and I think oh, that, yeah. I don't I don't think the FTO is, is, is designed that way but I think that like the shield queue is there so you know how far your shield has to go or the the in the explosions I mean I can, I'm not I can't tell you one way or the other if the, if the art direction is good or bad to you but I think that all the art in that game is very functional in terms of like functional UI I, I think it was as far as the execution, I think it's doing exactly what they wanted it to do. It was very intentional the way they laid it out. Um, if it's not working for you, I mean, there's no, no case. Um, I think it works just enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'm still just trying to figure out where I fall in terms of what strategy games I like. Because I like, you know, intelligent systems games. Like, I like Fire Emblem. I like Advanced Wars. Fuck yeah, Advanced I Wars. like Civ. You know, for as much as Civ 5. I probably one of those intelligent systems. Which is... Right. Um, so... I just I, I don't know where like I don't know why I like those games but don't care so much for FTL or XCOM I don't know what where the delineation is for me. Or would would I think your complaints against XCOM I mean against FTL for Arcade I mean I think XCOM is like the full package in terms of yeah. like that world. I have, is, I've literally nothing bad to say uh, about XCOM except the fact that it upsets me when my friends die. <laughs> and then I'm like whatever, leave behind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I no, save I save scum in that game. No, no, I I play with the same five troopers that I start out with. No game. Iron Man for you. I I always try to, and then I get to like the second mission, and everyone dies, and I'm like, well, fuck this. <laughs> so, and I want to talk about this, um, this thing that I brought up. Because uh, did you listen to the Beastcast this week? I I did. I don't know if they had an email about difficulty that I thought was really interesting, and I want to get your guys' opinion on what is on Beastcast. It's just a, a giant bomb podcast. Yeah. A um. They they had someone email them and ask them about what what they feel about difficulty, and I think that we probably have a widespread of opinions on difficulty, and we'll get to what you guys are playing in a minute. But just as we're talking about FTL, um, where do you guys like what what do you guys even like judge as difficulty? We can start there. Like, how do you define game difficulty? Um, I make I'll make my short because I feel like I've been talking a lot, but um, it really depends on the game for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you take someone like Ninja Gaiden that's very Twitch-based and I can destroy it, but you put me in front of FTL, I'm like, oh, shit. Or I couldn't even imagine playing Civ just because, you know, that's that's not something that comes easily to me. It really depends on the game. I think it's a balance of how often I quote-unquote die and how enjoyable the repetition of the mechanics are. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I mm-hmm. die in Undertale... I don't want to redo that boss because I've it's kind of like spider boss. I figured it out. Yeah, that's fucking spider Jeez, boss. That fucking spider boss. And, and and they make it worse by the fact that I have to backtrack all the way to the next the previous town and buy as many glamour burgers. You should have gone to the spider bake sale. I didn't. Ha- I had like four hundred gold. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> so, but like, I think that's it. So. And and I mean and it's like that progression curve. So. Trying to think of a game like Rogue Legacy. I I mean I've not have, 
Have you played Rogue Legacy? No. Do you know what it is? You used to no. play Rogue Do you like Castlevania? Yeah. It's basically Castlevania. a roguelike Castlevania. So the oh, basic okay. premise yeah. is that it's a 2D... Oh, I get Rogue um, Legacy. ...like okay. uh, action fighting platformer kind yeah. of thing. And you play as this um, this lineage of knights. So there's this castle. I don't remember what the castle's called. But the castle basically, every time you die, you your next um, heir becomes the knight. And you go back into the castle and the castle uh, rearranges itself. But there's, uh, but there's like a basic, there's a basic layout. So like the western part is the castle, the eastern part's the forest, the northern part's the attic or whatever they call it. Yeah, and there's like a hell. Region. And then there's a dungeon, a region, no, like a hellish dungeon, and there's a boss in each region. But it, they're all these tile-based formats that rearrange, mm, yeah. and then when you're when you die, your next of your next lineage, so your son or daughter becomes the next playable character. Yeah. And then they all have traits. Yeah. So, so like you can be colorblind, and all of a sudden you just play the game in black and white. Or like sometimes huh. like, some of the traits have game impact, and other times it's like like one is um you have IBS. So whenever you click your jumps, it just farts. Yeah. <laughs> <It's so laughs> so, sounds like um uh chalice something chalice. Massive chalice. Massive chalice. It's kind of similar to that. I would yeah, yeah. you've good. got Kind of, it's kind of strategy based. Yeah, Master Chalice is fun. I like Master Chalice. Um, I haven't played it in a long time, it, but it's kind of, it's kind of similar to that. But uh, so you like the loop that Rogue Legacy offers? You. Yeah, and I've never beaten all four bosses. Yeah, right. Like, and it's and I hear some. If you get the right, if you roll the right class, because there are classes with each ones, and they all have different abilities on top of the traits that each one of them gets. So if you get the right trait with the right class, like if you get a paladin who's like a tank, and you get like. And, and you can pack a wall up, and then you get like the increased attack one, mm-hmm. and you have the right armor um, layout. Then you can kind of steamroll that game. I've never done mm-hmm. that. See, I don't like games that if if there are games where you can essentially roll a different character, I like I like when they have balanced mm-hmm. abilities to that say you know if if you might be weak in this one area, but because you know how to play. That character, you can be strong in this other well, area. Well, no, they do have that. Like, there's one. Yeah. There's like a what's there's, there's like a minor. A, the, yeah, the, yeah. There's a minor. So you pick your kid. So there's three kids every time you you're, you you die. And you so pick you one. pick your class. Okay. And it randomly serves up three of like seven classes or five. Yeah, and you sure. unlock more. And there's like utility classes. That are like, <laughs> I need to make this run. Like sometimes you'll make a run where you're like, I know I'm not going to advance. I just need to make money so I can because you you build mm. the castle out too. So there's mm-hmm. progression across the game yeah. it's a really really like in terms of like looking at like how to make an interesting roguelike game where you restart every time have this uh fulfilling progression it's like that's the case so back to your question about difficulty what was the point you were making so the point is that i like that game can be frustratingly difficult like mm-hmm. if you get a bad run you're constantly taking damage and you die like three rooms in or whatever sure but that never bothers me i can mm-hmm. go back in because i think the gameplay itself is so enamoring and there's enough like uniqueness to every time you do it it's like you can pay someone to lock the castle if you want to before you go in <laughs> so that the next time you die you go in it's the same exact layout hmm. I, I never do that because i think just the uniqueness to each yeah. one like i remember seeing a video of this game like when it came out and i didn't i, I couldn't tell you why but i was being like i need to play this game because i somehow it's like Interesting. some sort of dopamine effect where there's like i think it's the fantasy elements mixed with yeah. Uh, the immediate response of gameplay. I'll have to check that out. Real quick question for you. So you mentioned um, being frustrated in, frustrated in Undertale when you had to go back and, and do all that stuff. Do you think um, the, the game design elements um, that punish you after something like a death 
weigh more heavily than the enjoyable elements. So um, is it easier for you to be turned off by like punishing or bullshit systems than it is for you to be um, excited by the, the good ones? I think so. Yeah. It's two dollars right now. And like <laughs> humble, yeah, it's Mac compatible. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to get that. Okay. Can you can you send me a message? I'll put that over the Facebook. And group. it's in, um, or it's like you know I've said before, like I play Bethesda games on very easy mm. because like I I honestly believe, and I mean I might be completely wrong, but I believe that just they don't know how to um, balance difficulty wow. in those games. I will say with Bethesda that I I think they actually balance difficulty better than a lot of games because I like how it's uh, geographically based and and Bethesda they let you know when you're somewhere you shouldn't be yet it's like if you go there and you die you're just not ready to be in that place yet but it doesn't it doesn't punish you for having gone there and tried it it's just something where you have to make a mental note and say I need to go back there but when you go back it's fine I don't think that's true though because like in Skyrim like when you first face any drogger it's you know the base level drogger but like as soon as you get to a certain level there are no more unnamed drogger it's like you know swift drogger whatever whatever quantifiers they put before the name like all the base character or all the base enemies level up to a certain extent well I like that system but when but he's you, saying that it's ge- geographically based. Go Fallout is. Fall okay. Okay. Um, oh, it's, it's the, the northwest is the easiest, the southeast is the hardest, and it, it progresses in difficulty as you, in terms of the characters. Okay. Um, but the other thing is, is that when you first encounter a region is when it locks in the, the difficulty of the enemies. Really? And that includes in Skyrim. So, if oh, you are an explorer yeah. who likes to be a low-level guy who goes somewhere and you're like, fuck, I cannot, I'm going to lose to these people. But when you go back later because you've been there and you discovered it and it were, it was on your map. Um, I don't the, know if it locks in region-based, though. I thought that what it did was is that it pings your character level and then the enemies that generate are based on, there's a, there's a ceiling and a floor. So, if you're too low, they'll be too strong for you. But once you hit that ceiling, they, they move up with you, too. Otherwise, in Skyrim, if you came back, you would one-shot everything, which you might do. Sometimes you do. Okay. Right. There are some... My characters there. got to the point where I, could, I broke the game. I was just too strong. Well, Skyrim yeah. is the kind of game you can break, though. Yeah. All I know is... is go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, all I know is that when I played New Vegas, and I played Dead Money... Which, which is not Bethesda. Which I know is not Bethesda, but I'm saying they're informed by that rule set. Yeah. You, play, you go into Dead Money, and you have no weapons, no armor, no nothing, and I by the end that. of that... By the end of that, you have amassed a small amount of weapons, a small amount of ammunition, a small amount of whatever, and you are still fighting ten guys that jump around, that resurrect themselves after they get shot, so you have to make sure you decapitate everyone. Yeah. But it sounds to me like you don't like the enemy system design that, not the... Bethesda games start out, I think, a lot harder than they become. Oh, I think, I think Bethesda most RPGs, period, easier. I would argue that. Um, I love that rant. But... So, okay. So, my... so, well, before we get to you, yeah. I want to hear yours. You, to me, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the read I've got on you is that as soon as you get frustrated with anything, you just drop the difficulty down to easy and, and, and go. Because you're there for a different reason. I don't think, it's not like if I die once or twice. No, no, I'm not, and I'm not judging you, I guarantee you. What I'm, what I'm saying is that you, what game are you there, or or, or you two, um, just for oh, no. the what game you? systematic, like, you like the loop. 
it's providing. Like I said, Rogue, Rogue Legacy is probably yeah, that. That's um, a good one. That's a hard game. Like that game, and that game scales with you. And that's it's interesting that you like that game because I would have never pegged that one because I think it's just so reactive mm-hmm. to like I like. There's no. It's just like Rocket League. It's like I. Like, that was on me. That was on me. And that was on me. That's a great point. I'm going to come back to that. All right. What do you think? So, for me, difficulty has to do with the balance of, um, I think, frustration with hope. And what I mean it's by that deep, is, do, does the, just like life, just frustration. Or hope. No, does the does the game designer give you enough hope to feel that you can get past your frustration of not being able to beat something? So, if you go in and you die 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 and it makes you frustrated, do you keep going back because you still feel like you're getting better and you know you can beat it, mm-hmm. or is there not enough hope that you get angry with your frustration and decide to stop playing? To me, that's where difficulty comes in. And, and I consider the, the most difficult games to be the ones where there is a high level of frustration, but there's also a high level of hope. And to me, that's where the highest difficulty comes in. Uh, and it often has to do with scarcity. But, so Wait, so what you're saying is interesting because the highest level of hope and the highest level of... What's the second one? Highest level of hope and high level of frustration. So, so but that's so that's you're getting good difficulty. That's that's a that's a high level, level of difficulty in a good way. And a good okay. That's yeah, because I think that there's there's think there's to... frustrating difficulty where you're turned off mm-hmm. by the game. Um, but I think for me that a great example would be, um, which is what you have with Bethesda games. Yeah. Uh, the res the early Resident Evil games, not late Resident Evil games, but but early Resident Evil games are a great example of. God, it's frustrating because you run into someone who's around a corner that you didn't see and one or two bites and you're done, right? And you die. And that's frustrating. But there's, there are always, there's just enough ability uh, to hope that you know that you can get past that. And then there's that next section and the next section and the next section. So I feel that the early Resident Evil games are good with that. Uh, Bioshock is, the original Bioshock was a game that I felt really did a nice job with that balance of frustration and hope. Um, and the arc of difficulty in Bioshock is, I think, really successful because the first time you run into a big daddy versus later in the game, yeah, yeah, when you now have, you've built this arsenal up and you kind of started to favor certain plasmids, and yeah. you're more powerful. But those encounters, but those encounters are always interesting. They're always interesting and there's always a scarcity that allows you, um, you know, the hope, that hope equation, you need to have hope that you can succeed. Um, but if the fresh if if you have so much ammo that you know you're going to win, mm-hmm. it's not very frustrating when you die. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that correlates to that hope, you know what I mean. So you need you need or to have. You're, you're, and I think with Bioshock, it did a really good job of the perfect scarcity of ammo and difficulty. And yeah, big dad. The first encounter with the big daddy, I think, is a great example. I remember that vividly. Um, you know that that was difficult, and even just you know when you're first going through. And the first large group of splicers comes in, and you want yeah, to use, just, and you want, yeah, in. and you want to use Ugh. your, you want to use your gun, but you only have so much ammo, yeah. so you're needing to use your wrench, and you're, you're probably gonna die. But they give you that amount of hope because they pull you back in. You know, you're not the vital chamber is, is close. It's not when well, people you're not having like to read the chamber mechanic either, which I never minded it. I liked it because I, 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 I thought it did a nice job. A good of, loop yeah, and it kept the progress. 
It kept um, the needle revenge. moving to the yeah. right. The final chamber is the Let me get, to get aspect. revenge more quickly. Um, It'll be coming out of that chamber hot, like so, running through. But uh, so so that was, I think, a good example. But for for me, you know, and then there's there are games where it's purely mechanical based, and the hope uh, it, it, platformers are a lot of times like this, where you have very difficult uh, mechanics, and so the frustration can come come about very easily from that. Uh, but there's a hope that you can, because you, the replayability is so fast that you're going through it again and you get a little bit farther. And so you have hope that each time you go through, you get a little farther, a little farther. One of the good examples of that that I played recently is Volgar the Viking. Um, really difficult game. A classic. Really, it's a classic. Have you guys actually Please played it? Way I've, I've, it so, I've so, only ever heard of Volgar the Viking when you mention it. So it's, I've it's, heard of it twice now. It's, it's a, a really old school style platformer where um, you pretty much have, you have three hits to get through the level. Um, you know, there are certain power-ups that you can get, kind of build yourself back up, but it's very much that old school uh, well, I like that. ghosts and ghouls kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got really hard bosses. It's a really, it's, it's uh, that to me is, difficulty in the sense of it's incredibly frustrating but that you you always get just a little bit farther each time you play it and so you're like i know how to do this and so that hope and that frustration balance one another out so you know it's difficult but you're willing to keep playing it uh, and it's not the type where you have no hope and so kind of like what we were talking about last week with some of those mario maker levels where you start playing and you're just like i know i can't do this and so you keep trying and trying and you're like i'm not even gonna bother because i'm just getting frustrated yeah. Um, you know, especially a lot of the Japanese levels that really, I don't know what it is. Some, some of the Japanese level makers really like torture, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> that, that just, you know, there's no hope. Then you're just getting frustrated and you don't want to continue. So what's funny is that I think that, okay. So if you, if you break down what, what Dan's saying, have you ever played Prince of Persia the Sands of Time? Yeah, dude, I love the Prince of Persia so series. So the rewind mechanic in that is kind of, the, as a game designer, you're enabling the player to have hope. It's right? just like in Forza. Uh, the right. rewind. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, you are removing the frustration out of that loop while still having the the platforming features. And I think that in, in terms of like tools you have as a designer of games, that's a really interesting one. Like, mm-hmm. how can I... How do I... You need to have stakes, which is why I think I'm drawn to Rogue Game. Like, because mm-hmm. death is important. But the reason Rogue Legacy, I think, clicks for you and for me so well is because that loop is... If I die, well, it's... It, I'm still... I'm, there's still a, a... It's a meaningful experience. Whereas, um... In Prince of Persia, instead of having you die, you just rewind time. You come back off right. the jump and you... You've learned from it as a player. You've learned not to do that. Yeah, and also in Super Meat Boy, See, they reward that Super by just spawning. Now, from, boom, boom. for me, those kinds of mechanics, though, that's when the game starts. You know, I don't always play games because I want difficulty. Sometimes I play games because I want narrative or yeah, I want pretty man. pictures or and and that kind of game dynamic to me makes it a less difficult game. And the reason I continue is less because of difficulty and more because of some of the other factors. But I don't think so. Assassin's Creed is a good example, which is you know spiritually Uh a successor to Prince of Persia. Whereas you look at what one of the reasons I use Resident Evil, and one of the reasons we've talked about this save mechanic in the past is the save mechanic becomes part of that difficulty because when you die, you go back to when you last saved, and you if you didn't save for a long time, 
you may I have to replay. I think it's a bad mechanic, though. So I disagree, though. I think it's a great mechanic. But, I, if, but that's the type of game save you're looking to play. Oh, save, yeah. Well, it's 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 just any anytime you have save points as opposed to like like there's good checkpoint systems and there's like hard checkpoint systems. And I do think that in Bloodborne in the Dark Souls series is similar too, where the, you have these yeah. these bonfires because it creates bond. it creates difficulty in Undertale and Dead Space, right? And, and it forces yeah. you to go back through this. Well, I think, but Dead Space is the natural evolution of the save point system, but done really well because it's Dead the, Space they're like, like Metroid too, nails right? and, and Metroid Two nails the the pacing. Whereas Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil One, I there were times where I wanted to snap the controller in half when I died. And I was like 9 or 10, you know, my <sighs> brother. See, I disagree. You also played those games as a much more tactile adult, whereas right. I still develop right. motor functions. Right, So I don't think... And, and I don't think still those, learning how to drive a tank. I think that, you know, if we're talking about difficulty, I think the reason that Resident Evil is so difficult is that you need to know how to prioritize when and where you are saving. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I'm... I, have you played... Have you When you were playing Resident Evil, were you playing the GameCube version or the original version? No, 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 the PlayStation 2 version. I mean, the PlayStation version. Okay, so Resident that's, that's a different story entirely. Um, I played on PlayStation 1. Yeah. So um, I think that they... When they remove save ribbons, that's a step in the right direction, but I think Resident Evil... So, play the GameCube version, or in this case, the HD remaster. The save ribbons are still there, but there are greater levels of difficulty that dictate how many save ribbons you get. Um, and... It makes it that if you if you don't like the save ribbon mechanic, you can play that game and it doesn't matter because they give you enough save ribbon, save ribbons and there are enough places to save. Um, but that that I think if we're talking about difficulty, that is a really great way of if if you are the type of person who doesn't like save ribbons and so you want it to be easier, you can set it to an easier difficulty, get those save ribbons, and that's not a factor in the difficulty. But if you want to make it a factor in the difficulty, they let you do that, and it adds a really nice, interesting dynamic that makes it very compelling, uh, and it makes it very um, it, it adds stake, like you were saying. And I and I, 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 I can appreciate that, but my and my issue with the save ribbons is your issue with the art direction in FTL, where all of a sudden there's a mechanic to me that make that feels arbitrary to the experience I'm having. Mm. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like. What I love about Dead Space is like these terminals. I, I'm picturing Isaac like journaling. And then I saw a guy with spiky arms. Well, I love how the icon is a camera. And so it's like, does he have like a Polaroid on him? He just like <laughs> slots it in. Someone's going back there to clean the base up. And I'm like, why did he take all these photos? <laughs> There's a lot of selfies on all these. <laughs> but I was like, did you play Dead Space? No. Okay. So this is going to be a podcast of, of Mason just calling out Dan. Just played this. No, all right, moving no. on. No, 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 no. I, I I've got Dead Space. I, I have Dead Space too. I just haven't played it yet. It's so. I still bad. think we should play that as a group. I think we should too. I think it'd be a good one. Um. So, but what we have to do is it? It's okay. Team effort. Team effort. <laughs> when a mechanic to so that mechanic to me feels arbitrary because it's 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 outside. If you were to say, um. The, the 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 space of the world that's the game imagination <laughs> as Mason makes I'm making hand symbols the save ribbons doesn't feel true to everything else that's happening in the world and I mean I appreciate that they're save ribbons but to me that seems like a legacy carryover from like arcade quarters hmm. and then you're out of quarters so is this just on top of the function that the it's basically the limits how many times you can save yeah I, well, see, I oh no I, I understand right. save ribbons um 
do you, do you just not like the execution as a ribbon? Well, what no, I he doesn't like the idea of limiting the amount of saves. You because can I think that as a player, you're gonna get there's there's no way to to know what's gonna be challenging and not challenging. And I understand like but, but you're picking so if, your if battles. This discussion is about difficulty, though. It is the reason that the ribbons are and that. Dude, we're not talking about difficulty. What? We're talking uh, about your addiction to save ribbons. No, I just want ribbons, man. Um, but I think but, so much. But having having game now. mechanics because it's not just about the save ribbons. It's about the save ribbons combined with item management, combined with box management, combined. So it becomes it becomes a tactical and strategic aspect to how you play that game. So n- never having played the original Resident Evil, yeah. like only ever playing 4 and 5 and even then not lo- a lot of I it. love save ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> well no, I'm saying that like I appreciate like having played a lot of Dead Space, I can understand yeah. the item scarcity aspect yeah. of it. But if I were to play Resident Evil 1, maybe that would frustrate me. That maybe would, would, yeah, that would definitely frustrate the shit out of me. But, but you can set it to very easy, right. and you have so many ribbons that you don't know what to do. Yeah, ribbons coming out, yeah. Ribbons, 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 ribbons. All you have to do is just go but, to a room to save. What I'm trying fine. to get to is that, is that what is the ribbon as a mechanic add that just being thrown back to a save point and having save point scarcity not provide? And I, I get it's another form of scarcity, but I'm saying is the frustration these two the, the, the it's little li- hope, because it's limiting how it limits hope. But it doesn't limit hope. It what it does for me is by having that scarcity, it becomes a you know it balances the tension of man. I just got through something really difficult, and I have and I know there ribbons. are more. I know there are more difficult things coming. No, I can... Do do I think that I can get far enough ahead in the next set of difficult things and preserve that ability to save? Mm-hmm. Or should I save now, knowing that that means one fewer save when things get even more difficult? Down the line, I, I totally and, yeah, and, and appreciate one thing that. I will say, and one thing I'll say about why I think it's a good dynamic is there are very few games where I feel very compelled to have played them through multiple times, mm-hmm. and Resident Evil is one of those games where I have played the original Resident Evil probably eight or ten times straight through mm-hmm. because. Of the save ribbons? Because of the save ribbons! Dude, you saved no, me! But, but the, the, reason, the, reason, the reason that I'm I'm pro-save ribbon... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I heard, I, I heard Ted Cruz is too. Pro-save ribbon. Um, is that... I wouldn't have laughed if Mason hadn't lost it. Yes. On, cons- on consecutive playthroughs, as you up the difficulty, and you do know what's coming, and you do know what you need or what you mm. don't need, it allows you to say... Man, this is like based on where my item management is at, based on item scarcity. I got all these green herbs. Oh, I got all these green herbs. But but the other thing is, that, that's, so, a, like, that's a totally different experience. Mill you know the green herbs because you know what's coming next. Well, and the other thing is, as you progress in that game, it allows you to unlock certain things. One of my favorites is that it allows you to unlock um, the way the game mechanic is now. In most save rooms, there are storage crates where you can store items, um, and then they show up. In any storage crate you go to, it's going to have all those same items. Uh-huh. Uh, can we talk but about you can, you can make like, it in Resident Evil. There is a wormhole technology, right? Exactly. It's in Undertale but, too. but you can make it. it but you can make it so that um, if you put it in one box, it's only in that box. So you have to travel a lot farther back to get items, uh, and you can only carry so many okay. with you. 
So it, again, as through playthroughs, it's these little things that to me, it's a small aspect that really changes how you play the game and it makes it very compelling and, and interesting. It's a small price to pay for, for save ribbons. So, well, and I'll yeah. say that Resident Evil does a great job. I'm more lent towards Resident Evil 4, but they do do a great job of making mm-hmm. every time you play it again, there's a lot there that they add to make it oh, yeah. awesome. And Resident Evil 2, same way. Um, on just just the basic the basic thought of save ribbons because I've never played Resident Evil all the way through. Mm-hmm. I know how this mechanic works. Um, if I were playing it for the first time, I didn't know it was coming. I was scared shitless and frustrated, and I had used my last save ribbon. And let's say I keep playing, and maybe I make it twenty minutes in, and then mm-hmm. thirty minutes and forty minutes, and I still don't see any save ribbons. If I'm making it like an hour in and don't know what's coming next, I've already wasted my save. I might just put the game down. Sure. And and what I will say is that's that back to that balance of hope yeah. and frustration. When you play Resident Evil the first time through, they do a really good job of balancing that because you, unless you're someone who's like, I have to save every five minutes and you have this OCD thing about saving, which I am in certain games, but if you go into that game, the Bethesda game. But if yeah. you go into that game, <laughs> quick save is a godsend. Oh, oh, absolutely. If you go into the game knowing, if you go into that, that game knowing that you, yeah. and, and the other thing to remember with Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil, because it is survival horror, this is not Resident is Evil 5, much where more survival. there are hordes of people coming at you and. You know, this is this is you can go for twenty minutes without encountering a single enemy, right. and part of that is you don't know when you're going to encounter that enemy because you're doing See, these. You're the doing dogs puzzles. jump through a window. Spoilers. The yeah, dogs. I, I've seen the dogs. Yeah, things yeah. will jump through. I mean, things will jump through windows. You, you know, but you're trying to solve these puzzles yeah. and gain these items. So Wait, wh- it becomes part of the puzzle mechanic. Did as you well. play when it first came out? Yes. Was it scary then? Just because. Oh I, you know, my god! You, you, you it was, was fucking. T- it scared me so much. It, me too. But like looking back, I don't know how because the yeah. graphics were so bad. But, but but have you seen Assassin's Creed Two lately? But uh, uh, no. Assassin's yeah, Creed Two blew, blew me away. I played yeah, it. Yeah, same. I thought it was the most beautiful thing bad. I've ever seen. But, but it uh, looks dated now. Like it looks Half-Life Two. Half-Life yeah. 2 yeah. looks I remember... Half-Life 2 scared the shit out of me the first time. Half-Life oh, 2, oh, oh my god. god. Half-Life 2, Dude, the little black But I will say, uh, Resident yeah. Evil 2, I, I found more scary than Resident Evil. That's the first one I played because uh, my brother had it. On but, uh, is that the, but now with the, the, the Nemesis that follows you. That's through, 3. The 3. That, 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 that entire awesome. concept scares the fuck yeah, out of me. Yeah, 3 is great. They're fantastic games. So they randomly... Do you know how they kill Nemesis? It's a rocket launcher, isn't it? I've seen it in the movie. They drop a nuke on them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... All right. Oh, yeah. uh, thing, those games are great because they're, they're so... I feel like Cap, Cap, Capcom is like the Michael Bay of video games. In really Resident hard, Evil but... 4, there is a Napoleon-esque character. Oh, God. The little kid. Oh, that yeah. I've played Captain. for him. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. We've talked about this. Oh, oh it hurts my played. feelings. It hurts my feelings. I know. That's the game we need to play. Mason's going inside. Yeah. I've never played either. Let's play. Let's play one and then we'll play four. No, we play four because four is the mechanically the, the best. I disagree. So here's you can't disagree. You haven't played it. No, but I played. Uh, I played five and six, which and oh, Revelations so two. Weaker. And it's the same kind oh, of mechanics. We're gonna make a list because we we've just named three horror games that we need. To well, play. we only have three classes this semester. We we'll have time to play. Well, oh yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Um, no, kidding. but honestly, Alex, watch your laptop. You know, back to the discussion we're having. I will put it this way: that when I got Resident Evil Five for Xbox three hundred and sixty, I. There are no res- ribbons, and and that's what I'm actually talking about. I is know. I really like Resident Evil Five, but it's a very different game. And you're also, very, is that the really racist mechanic. one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Five, eh, sort of. 
Is that the one in Africa? Yes. Okay. Part of it. With the controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Resident Evil 5 is Resident Evil 5 had a great over-the-top outrageous story. I actually liked the mechanics, but they're very different. Resident um, Evil 5 is closer to Gears of War. Yeah. It's the one where they yeah. decapitate Chris Redfield and put his head on top of a refrigerator. Really? And then <laughs> just cart it through. Wait. But he is super jacked. Um, but I will say that to me, when I first played it, my very first thought was this isn't this isn't a Resident Evil awful. game because it doesn't have that tension. Mm. And I, I I ended up really enjoying Resident Evil Five. I played through it multiple times. I do I do really enjoy that game. But that sense of tension was not there. Right. And and part of that is that save mechanic because you can save anytime you want. Um, and so I you know I'm the reason I'm very pro. Limited save mechanics is because it Pro becomes a, a, becomes a part of the game in a way that it's, it adds it's a layer of tension. It has a layer of tension to and, a and, system that's and usually arbitrary. You have to have strategy. Mm. I, you have I, to have that tactical strategy of item management of, and so that's why I'm pro. I just think save what I what the I've been trying to get you, and that's what I've been wanting you to say. Is just tell me what about that mechanic yeah. works, and that's yeah. There's no, you said item scarcity. Well, right. what I think is like. Until I play Resident Evil 1, I will not... Because, like, everything about that mechanic is informed by everything else about that game. Because, like, I... Yeah. Because if you took that same exact mechanic and duplicated... Like, if you put that... In anything else. In Dead Space or in something else, it might... Well, Dead Space is probably bad because it has a lot of similar mechanics. But if you put in something else, it might not work. Say Mario Galaxy. No, no. And this is... Mario Galaxy. I'm not... I am not... You're You're arguing within the the world that is... Yes. I am not an advocate of arbitrary save mechanics in every game. There are a lot of... So Fallout 4 is a great example. I love the fact that I can start quick save all the time because... That game is so massive in scope and so about something different than what Resident Evil is about. Um, Resident Evil is about the fact that at any moment you could die and there need to be consequences to that fact. And And the fact that you only have limited number of saves and you have to manage those saves is what gives it the stakes. So it's what gives it that, you know, uh, Big meaty steaks. That big meaty steaks. Yes. No, I don't. Kind of steak. But I, I will say that I think game design has moved on from. I think there are ways to develop tension that. I agree. And I think that. I think a game like Bioshock, especially the first one, because it's it does lean into that horror side a lot more. Sure. They lean into this this tension of, of scarcity and stuff, but they still have media chambers and I, stuff like that. Well, I would I was I would say that's moved on. Um, the other side of that coin is that uh, I feel like I play a lot of games. The majority of the games I play don't have consequence for failure. I agree. Um, and I feel like look, I just played so, like three series of Telltale games. Yeah, there's not much consequence yeah. for failure. Yeah, no. Um, and I will say, like, so with the Evil Too Within, rare. the Evil Within, I think is how we've moved on. In that you, it's still a save point. It, it has save points, yeah. but you can save as often as you want. And I think that you know, do you think it takes away from it? I think it's a different mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. The, there is still tension because you need to make sure that you've saved between segments, but it does make the game feel like it does make it feel like there are less stakes because it it forces it into snippets of linear increments. Meaning, mm-hmm. I got to this point, I was able to have a save point, so I definitely saved, which means I only have to worry about the next short period of time until right. I get to the next save point. Right. Resident Evil, because it takes place, and why this works, I think, for Resident Evil One. And two, and why it doesn't work for later Resident Evil series, later Resident Evil series are more linear driven. The early Resident Evil is more, you're in this contained environment. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about getting from point A to point B. 
It's about solving everything within this box that you're in. And I think I think you'd play Resident Evil Four because it's similar. Oh, absolutely! I do need to, and it's it's of all the games I I have not played is one of the highest on my list because I can't believe I haven't played it to this point. Play well, Leon um, just going around kicking ladders and just kicking shit off roofs, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Jumping jacks. But you know, I've played almost every other Resident Evil game, but it's it's on my list. And I don't think it takes. I think that it's funny. I think the the evolution from three. To five makes more sense when you play a four, but also mm-hmm. five is a disappointment compared to four because I think four balanced that tension yeah. to the best. And I, and I like the later games; they're just different. Yeah. And it's and and I'm not you know I'm not. I think six is a bad game. You know six. I need to go play it again. Um, I was influenced by the reviews that all said it was terrible, and I there are too many cutscenes and things that just aren't part of that game. I agree with that, but I need to go back and revisit it because um, I think it deserves revisiting a few years later. Well, pulling off of Resident Evil, um, the, and we don't have to keep talking about difficulty, but one thing that I think the, the game that handles difficulty the best in my mind, and what, what made me think about this is that I think I'm super into the idea of games that present you a problem and you have to use the mechanic as a as what makes games different. You have to solve whatever problem the game presents you. So in, in a uh, in a Resident Evil, the problem is, is I have to survive. Mm-hmm. Here are your tools. The reason Resident Evil works is they give you this vast suite of tools and these challenges to solve. You have to sort your cache. You have to save with ribbons. You have to play Tetris. You have to play Tetris. You have to move a tool. Um, and one of my favorite games in that regard is, is I think Portal Two nails. Like here's a scenario. Mm-hmm. And in, in a lot of games we're talking about, death is the fail state. And I think Portal, although you can't die in Portal. Death is when you win, you're free. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what's cool about Portal is the difficulty is not in your health bar or in a, a save mechanic. The difficulty is in they present you just, here's here's the room. You have the suite of tools, go. And I think that that's in terms of, of, of really just well done in that there's that the hope and the frustration. Yep. I think Portal constantly in the oh my god Valve's uh, art direction constantly is designed to draw your eyes certain places. Yep. And that's what I was saying about FDI where I like how the, your eyes are drawn to certain things because uh, the One thing I noticed recently I don't think it was a game I was playing I think I was just watching a clip from a game but a lot of modern games they don't give the gamer enough credit to figure stuff out without being explicitly told. We hear that a lot. And I think that using art direction to force someone's eye somewhere but not blatantly telling them do this or do that mm-hmm. is a really nice game design mechanic that adds difficulty but also also adds empowerment and it adds a personal connection to a game when it's not, you know, I think we should check over here. I wonder what's over there. And then you go over there and it's like, sure enough, that's the next thing I needed. Um, and And, you know... Resident Evil is another good example of of a series where earlier on they gave the player credit to figure stuff out themselves. They'll give you little hints, like you'll see a twinkle. And you're like, oh wait, what's that twinkle? I'll go check that out. But they're not really telling you how to solve puzzles. Well, and the, because they um, okay, sorry. I was just gonna say, like you said with Portal, that art direction kind of leads you towards certain things, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a smart mechanic because that sense of empowerment, I think makes achievement that much greater when you actually figure something out you feel like you figured something out versus having your hand held and that's why i really love dishonored you know i think dishonored 
gives you these. Love Dishonored. I think so I think much. I like Dishonored from a difficulty standpoint. For the same reason I like a Portal, even though there is a death mechanic in Dishonored and there's an easier fail state. Isn't there four player Portal? There's two, two player. player Portal. That's I could, on Portal. I could have sworn there was. Uh, wait, you're right. Two player. Anyway. Um, but I think Dishonored does a lot of that too, where they they give you a scenario, and it's it's they're a little more compartmentalized compared to Resident Evil, but. Each sequence is like the Resident Evil house. You know what I mean? No. Like you have to navigate, and they don't really. Is there? I can't remember if there's navigation icons on the UI. Desire. Uh huh. Yeah, there are. Oh yeah. All right. All right. It's it's like the compass in Bethesda games, I believe. Which I, I I can appreciate that more, but also like I like the Dead Space line because I think it's there to. That Has anyone gotten that Vats perk? That line where you can activate that in Vats? I what? no, I thought it, it, is it good? Is it I, a I perk in Fall Oh, where it shows you it's a breadcrumb objective. Yeah, it seems redundant. Um, it, no, yeah. well, like if you're trying to scale the side of a cliff because you're just trying to carve a straight line through the landscape, I that's, think that's like half helpful. of my time in New Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be super helpful um, at that point. Yeah, that. Dead Space line is one of my favorite pieces of any game UI I've ever seen. It just looks good. It looks good. Dead Space UI is like fucking... Well, yeah. Oh. It's like fucking... Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking... No, it's exactly. not. But Dead Space UI, come on, it's like... I know, it kind of is. It's like... Uh, it kind of is like What fucking. is the... It's like, like foreplay. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's the main it's course. Just, it's, the, it's that good. I'm just saying, it's how far on his back. It makes so much sense. <laughs> like yeah, like sex, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck you guys. Um, Anything else on difficulty? Do you think we've we've driven this into the ground? Do we like save ribbons? Yes, we love save ribbons. In the right circumstances. All hail the save <laughs> All hail the glow cloud. I just think it's it's interesting. I think you've seen this resurgence of, of, of games like Rogue Legacy um, or, or, or games like XCOM that, that really have been posing a challenge to play, where you've also seen games like, uh, I think Bioshock Infinite was a little more heavy-handed than Bioshock 1. In terms, in, in of, terms of difficulty? In terms of, of, of directing the player in, in, oh, in, absolutely. in, in this funnel of... of this is the experience. This is the challenge. And the challenge to where Infinite fell short to me is that there was no character to exploit the systems with. The big daddies existed for you to like, I need to yeah. unload everything I have. Yeah. And I would I would set traps up. I would do the whole thing. And I'd be like, all right, come on. I had a setup in Bioshock 1 where I would put all those electric uh, trip cables. Mm-hmm. And I would do like 50 of them. Yep. And then I'd shoot him once and he'd <laughs> run through and just die. And you'd see the girl be like, no! I'm like, come here, you're going with me. Into the hole. That's awesome. <laughs> you're going there. Wait, we're still you're playing welcome. that video game. You're right? welcome. You're talking about save ribbons, buddy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Just saying, it's like fucking, all right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. So, wait, how, how far are we through the, the main quest in uh, Fallout 4 again? Have we progressed any farther as well, a whole? And what have you, have you been playing Fallout this week? Yes. We haven't talked to Dan about what he's been playing. Um, I should have been playing Tales from Borderlands, and in my brief moments of not working on my website, I decided to play Fallout. So I put about maybe eight more hours into Fallout. Um, I What have you done? I am at the point where I just discovered the Institute. You just... Now that sequence is great. I yes. personally think when you get into the institute, I don't know if has, Mason's yeah. Let's let's um, wait till Mason. Gets well, I kind of want to see because he might not have gotten there. That's yet. why I don't want to talk about okay. it until. Oh, um, okay, and I'm cool with spoilers because I'm obviously not going right. to get to that point. Um, well, if we're going to talk, well, the reason I brought it up is because we were talking about kind of Mason unloading on a big daddy or something of like that effect. So the final sequence, um, depending on how you choose it, or one of the final sequences of one of the final fights, um, when you get you play final fight. No, uh, you the, you'll go into um, a base. Yeah, 
and I was in a base. And when I chose to do this final fight sequences sequence, I went back to Sanctuary Hills and got my power armor. Mm. So I got my power armor. I got a minigun. Mm-hmm. So I go into this base, and it's just a straight corridor, right, with all <laughs> of the enemies. And I just stand there at the end, just spin up the minigun of – this is, um, like, one of the final sequences I did for the main mission. You spoiling um, stuff? No, I'm not saying – No, he's being good. I'm not saying where it happened. Are you being what? good? I'm I, being – Yeah. But like I said, so you guys were talking about before how you've never touched your power armor. The one time outside of the part where you were required <laughs> to touch it, I went back got my power armor, went to this base – Straight corridor, all the enemies kind of like coming out of separate rooms, and I just spin up, and I had like a couple thousand rounds of nine millimeter or five point whatever millimeter yeah. rounds that it uses, and I just sat there at the end of the hall just, and just fanned it back and forth until <laughs> everything in that hall yeah, that's great. was nothing. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, without, yeah. So without going into too many spoilers, um, what faction did you align yourself with? The railroad. Yeah, that's what I am. I mean, otherwise, Has like... Has he not gotten here? I, I, so you haven't gotten to the incident. No, I know. I, I know. I am an Institute, yet, but I know which factions he can align with. But, um, okay, so he hasn't gotten to the Institute. But I think... So not trying to spoil that sequence, I thought that sequence was great when you first get in, th- in there. Yeah, I did too. I was a little confusing at first, but um, I thought it was I thought it was great. Uh, I like the... I like the art direction there. Yeah. Uh, this idea of it's all the same stuff you've been encountering, but it's all the same stuff you've been encountering, only not fucked up. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was great. Um, so can you say what you are fighting without spoiling anything? Or you're not you... fighting anything in the Institute. Well, at least not in the point that I'm at in the game. I think I saw a big spoiler about You can, what you you can later. What, what about what you're fighting? What you were mowing down? Who it was? Yeah. I mean, do you guys care? No, I, I do. Care. Who, okay. You care? I, I, I care. Cares. Okay, well, I won't say yeah. I don't okay. like spoilers. Okay. So. But oh, I, I, have, I, have I have an idea. idea. I have an idea. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty close to the end, so I have an idea. So you've been playing the main quest, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you which, play anything? Oh, good. I, you know, I've done so much else outside of the main quest. What level are you? 41. So am I. Nice. Yes. Just booted it up. So it's 41. So I'm 41. I've put in 72 mm-hmm. hours. Illuminati confirmed. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. be Fallout 4 without being level 41. <laughs> 4 plus 1 equals 5. There you are. 5 plus five 1 equals 10. 5 equals 10. 10 times 5 equals 50. Wait. I don't know what that uh, means. $50 bill. $50 it was on the $50 bill. bill. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm at the point. I'm at, I'm at the point where I don't really. I want to still do some more side missions in other factions, even though I know I'm going to align myself with the railroad. Yeah, I don't have any side missions. Um, I well, because once you once you align yourself with a certain yeah, faction, you align yourself you can't, with the railroad. Which is, okay, um, did you just say that? I'm sorry. But no, I've done, okay. up, up to this point, I've done almost equal number of missions for the railroad, the Brotherhood of Steel, and the Minutemen. Um, so, so I feel like the Minutemen are the least developed. You can't align with them, I don't think, at the very you end. Can. You, you can. You can. There, I know there is a Minutemen ending. I don't know what it is because I haven't wanted to give myself <laughs> The Minutemen spoilers. ending is you go to a, uh, um, a place to clear out zombies. It's <laughs> 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 really anti-comment. Uh, you clear I, it out in the credits roll. <laughs> I, know they're, I know they are the most neutral, and I believe that they are anti... I'm pretty sure everything's anti-Institute except for the Institute, unless you align Oh, yourself. you can align with the Institute, though. I know that. Yeah, you so, can. No, I know that. One thing that that bums me out about Fallout is I feel like the Brotherhood of Steel I felt had more depth in the previous games. Like they were less. I agree. In all of them in in three in three specifically. I felt like Fallout, yeah, New like, Vegas not so much. No, they are kind three. of not till the end, but they handle in a very cool way. But I I also didn't. There wasn't any faction I was crazy about. At least in New Vegas, they were all kind of ambiguous. Yeah. But in this one, it's like the Brotherhood. I mean, the, the railroads like moral compass. 
This if you don't align with us, you're a dick. <laughs> well, I'm like, I mean, all my favorite characters in the game are sent. Like, Nick is a sent, and I love Nick. And yeah, like, you know, Carrie, like, Carrie is a sent. Well, Nick Carrie... Carrie's a spoiler. Carrie's or a Glory. I love Glory. Yeah. Glory is cool. Glory is Glory didn't do much because I just didn't... She, she didn't do anything in the world. Is she always just in the basement? No, you no, go on a there's mission a mission. There's a mission that you do with her. Yeah. It's, as you it's progress... As you main, progress through... It's on the main quest. Oh, well, is cool. it main quest or is it main railroad quest? I think, I think it's one. I think they intertwine. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I love Deacon. Like I just love Deacon. Yeah, Deacon's a beacon. Of hope. I like. Uh, I just like the Deacon change clothes every time I look away from him. <laughs> I will say with the side quests, I think that um, the railroad has some of the most interesting ones as well. Uh, just in the idea of you know, going to plant the weather vanes and different the places. Kind of the dead drops yeah. are kind of fun. You know, they don't for, like for the Minutemen, everything is just go clear this settlement. But so is for the Brotherhood of Steel. Brotherhood of Steel is go clear this place out or Quartermaster to go find these. Yeah, give me these I documents. I like the robot lady. Um, oh, the Pam. Yeah, Pam. I like her a lot. Pam, yeah. I like her a lot and I like the robot weapon salesman. Like Cleo. Good neighbor. Yeah, Cleo's Oh my cool. god, she's cool. Yep. So, um... I was gonna. I had a point. Save ribbons, huh? Save ribbons. Pro save ribbons. No, it was thinking about <laughs> Fallout Four that I was thinking about. I just, I wish that there was more. I wish that every faction, and what I like about The Witcher Three so much is that no matter what you're doing, you feel like you're fucking up someone. <laughs> and I think that Telltale yeah. games do that pretty well. Mm-hmm. At least the first season of Walking Dead, I feel like. I nah, they. You know, out of the ones I've been playing, they they stuck the landing on making you feel like a piece of shit. Telltale does so. a great job with that. Yeah, but I think that that. Just I I like that more in a world like Fallout where like hey it's kind of like Western I think it's like a wet like you're just sure shits yeah. yeah yeah it's lawless you uh, want you want to take a break sure save it yeah right. was it shift space I always forget shift space all right Lego Ewok so I want to show you guys the coolest thing so I got a Lego advent calendar that's. Awesome! That's Did so you get the cool. Lego this year's one? I yes. Okay. I didn't build any of those things. Uh, I just what? I just took the minifigures and I ran. What? What? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Look at this shit. So this is my favorite good. one. I have a baby Millennium Falcon now. That's amazing. Next to my real Millennium. And look at this. Oh, this is the favorite one. The oh, Sandwalker. Oh, that's cool. These are awesome, dude. dude. I guess these are so all. This in sold a box. me. I'm gonna get one every year. They're, my cousin found it for twelve bucks at Kroger. Dude, I want one so I, badly. So the Kroger so, over in Midlow apparently had a bunch of them. So the previous year, this was this year's, and I had like the Santa C3PO. Last year's had a Santa Darth Vader. Yeah, that was and so cool. I just got that minifigure. Like, oh, that's amazing. I got, the, I got just the minifigure. I'm gonna buy this right now. So I'm not as I just like these little micro sets. I think they're just really. That's awesome. I think they're super cool. I like minifigures. I like this, the Over the Sarlacc Pit one, just because yeah, it's, it's... That's awesome. There's something about it. So, Dylan, what have you been playing? Uh, I finished Undertale. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Okay. I uh, played the entirety of Game of Thrones, the Telltale Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, colon, the Telltale Games experience, whatever it's called. Uh, I played all of Wolf Among Us. Man, you've been busy. Yeah. I... Uh, Played some Rocket League. Those Telltale games, though, man, that you can go episode to episode. Just yeah, you just they, they suck you in. We're well, talking no. about binge watching. Yeah. So I never had that, but Tales from the Borderlands, I really wanted to go into episode two. So and then I was, it's I'm going to. So the only thing about the only thing I want to talk about from Tales of the Borderlands, we're just well, going to talk about. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Well, I just want to say since it's on my mind, 
break his heart or blow his mind was probably the best <laughs> dialogue choice in that entire thing. When you're negotiating. See, I, I was expecting. Wait, wait, did you see what happened, though? What? Like, oh, yeah. It, when, it doesn't actually him, do. Yeah. yeah. Did okay. you guys see that when you don't sign up for Telltale Games, they're fucking like rapper software, like their yeah. gameplay thing. It says Telltale Games will remember that. Oh, I didn't see that. I love this. Well, they did that. They do that in Wolf Among Us because there's a part where you're in a bar and you're talking to Grendel um, mm-hmm. from Beowulf and he's been drinking mm-hmm. and he passes out in the bar and it says Grendel will not remember that. They do a ton of that stuff, yeah. though. In, yeah. uh, They're so self-aware and tongue-in-cheek but, and I love it. But I mean, the Borderlands is like hyper. So like, it's, it's yeah. a self-aware Telltale game, too. Right. Um, but... Yes, yeah, we'll talk about talk about the other one. We're going to talk about okay. Tales we, in a well, yeah, that's all I wanted to bring up. I just thought that was really cool. So, did you like Game of Thrones? Is, is it I like them. Yeah, really? but man, did you play through all of Game of Thrones? I finished it. Okay, don't give any spoilers because I haven't finished the last two chapters, but I've played through the first four. Okay, do any of us care about spoilers? Before? I, I'm not going to play. Okay, There's you not, should. I, I'm going to tell you. Front. You really should. I dude. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I he do. loves I, Game of Thrones. Well, no, then I you did. Should. I did. Oh, right. Game he doesn't of, care anymore because I. You and I talk about Thrones. That's right. Where I'm like. Completely, like I don't know what the last season did to me, but I just am like completely sober on it. Okay, what Game of Thrones? It's just like it's like I, I took a big cold shower with Game of Thrones, and now I'm like, I mean, what was it? The final two minutes of the episode? No, it's well, it's the final fucking. I think it's just death in general. There's no, there's no stakes anymore. There's no save ribbons in Game of Thrones. Well, well <laughs> okay. I think there are a ton of stakes now, simply for the fact that they have to write past George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Well, hold on. So. We can talk about the whole John Snow thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we should, we should, what? All right, let's say... Snape kills Dumbledore. Let's predicate And then that. John Snow killed oh. Alan Rickman. Oh. 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 So, a lot, of, a lot of big David Bowie fans showed up this week. Um, the... I told Wendy... I told Mason that twice this past week I had to wake up Wendy saying her ex-person has died from cancer at the age of 69. Oh, my God. Well, Lenny... So, well, he was, was he 69? No, I think he was seventy. So Lemmy, we're gonna oh, we're gonna song. spoil Game of Thrones, but he just turned seventy like two weeks prior. I'm not gonna play a Telltale Game of Thrones because the Game of Thrones experience. I'm not a big fantasy person, mm-hmm. so I like Game of Thrones. I like the show. I like when the horse's head gets cut off. I thought that was cool. <laughs> that's a real old call. That's season yeah, one. That's when, that's when I thought Game of Thrones was his best. I was, it was a tight arc. Um, I will say the Telltale isn't super fantasy. It's much more political. Yeah, it's very political. <laughs> but I'm fine. But like, if if I'm gonna tell you like my capacity for like the games I'm gonna be playing in the next few months, yeah, my capacity for political, um, racist fantasy worlds is gonna go to The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get back into okay. The Witcher. Okay. So, no so, all right. So, you so, can spoil yeah. it for me. Are you gonna play it, or have you already played it? Uh, you know, I am gonna play it. Actually, no spoilers for this. Damn, yeah, let's not do that because there are some okay. spoilers. Well, then I'll worlds. give a brief like Wait, you explanation. I played the first four. Okay, yeah. What it is. And I've, I've finished it. I need to finish it. Um, I will say what you told me about the other house is cool, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that was basically the rundown I was going to give. So, you play as House Forester. Yep. And, um... Like your car? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a bunch of yeah. Subarus. House Subaru. Oh, look at And they all have swords and shields. Forester of the House Subaru. First in his name. <laughs> I'm doing our part of House Subaru. Uh, I was adopted into House. I'm the ward of House Subaru. But yeah, so you play as all those different characters, and it was good. I mean, it, it, so you see a lot of like, hey, look at this character from the show. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you run to Jon Snow in the wall, and you run to uh, Cersei and Tyrion in King's Landing and uh, Daenerys 
in Essos and all this stuff. But like when they when they touch on that stuff, it's not bad. That's like, good. It's not they like, integrate it really well into the universe. Right. Um, it's like here's this that. famous character. You know, don't you like this character? Ooh, nope. Khaleesi. Nope. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it integrates in a in a believable way. I think Telltale has done that. Um, I think Walking Dead did it really well. Yeah, but I mean, but there was those characters one, aren't as there was only famous. one character. Dude, in episode Len. two, you're with the grandpa, the old guy at the house. Yeah, but he's saying that's it. Is that Lynn? Or in the, well, the Asian in episode guy. one? Episode yeah. one is Glenn, and that's the first chapter, and that's it. And no, then, no, second, you, the you go to the farmhouse. What's his face? Herschel. Yeah, you Herschel go to Herschel's house. Is in season. He's in the comics and also season two. Yeah, the, the the whole sequence in the show, not the, not the no, game. no, no. I know it's season two of the show. So that the, the but, farmhouse, you go. Oh yeah, you but that's that, that's the very beginning of season one of of Telltale Walking Dead, and then once you get past that point, all I'm saying is it's tastefully right. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just I I remember hearing people talk about like oh. They're shoehorning these characters. I didn't. I didn't oh, feel I that didn't. at all. No, I didn't feel that at all. Especially since season two, there aren't. There aren't. There season at all. two, Walking Dead sucks. But giving away no, no, no spoilers. Show. Telltale season. TV show. But the Telltale. Um, My comment about it sucking was related to the TV show. Okay. No, but what I'm saying is that the Telltale uh, Walking Dead is based off the comic, not the show. I hate this whole experience <laughs> that we're having. Okay. Right anyways, now. so my my ultimate thing is that I'm very bad at the Game of Thrones. You play, you die. Yeah. I died yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, House Forester has been pruned. Yeah. And are you, are you trying to like hit things to Dan? No, 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 no. But no, what I'm saying is that spoilers? like no. What I'm saying because I'm watching Wendy play it now, and she's making similar some choices that are the same, some choices that are different. And the ultimate problem that I have with all these Telltale games I played is like it feels like ultimately it doesn't matter. And a lot of times it, it probably doesn't, and it and it sucks. No, so like in, walk, in Walking think... Dead, can we give spoilers away for Walking Dead yeah, season yeah. one, Telltale? Yeah. yeah, that's fine. So, so I literally narrate the entire season one yeah. to him when you once. when you have the choice to to and leave Carly on the road on the right. side of the road or not. It, I actually was really conflicted with that and ended up going up and looking up what happened if I made the other choice. She gets shot, and she she ends up getting shot. So it's, I it was doesn't so matter. furious, yeah, because I wanted to save her, but also. Yeah. I still think that they they give you a sense of agency. No, and that's yes, what the they're first good at. time. Yes. And that's important. Yes, because I think it. I don't think it. I think when it, they pull the, the you peek behind the curtain, you're like, wait a minute. There's there's like one story here. Yeah, yeah. But there are like. But they do a nice job of making it feel like your actions have consequences. And right? I felt like I feel like I can't even think of how many ways Tales of the Borderlands could have gone. But I still feel like I, I was involved. But I don't think they made the choices. Playing. Like, having played the Walking Dead one and then playing the Game of Thrones one, playing Wolf Among Us and okay. Tales from the Borderlands is a nice respite from the just just dreariness that is Game of yeah. Thrones. It's like, ultimately, yeah. nothing matters. Well, nothing ever matters. And that's the reason why I probably will play it, because it's really hard for me to... Um, I was on the cartoon the other day about making a murder that everyone's obsessed with, that documentary yeah. series, yeah. where when I watch stuff like that, I get... Like, I'll be in a great mood and yeah. I watch that, and I'm just a like I'm just like just a wreck because right. I'm like the whole time I'm like I just believe it, and I believe everything that happens again. Like I just believe it's real because I'm seeing it in front of me. And I, I I can't divorce myself from yeah, that. Yeah, definitely don't watch Making Murder because that stuff is real. I know, I know, and that's what and maybe even but even like watching like Law and Order or like Procedural, and even though like it's so bad and so cheesy sometimes, but like and Making Murder is really well done, mm-hmm. and Game of Thrones is really well done. But sometimes like I get so attached to it mm-hmm. that it just it just breaks my heart. Yeah. 
Um, and it's even worse because, like, House Forrester, you get, like, you get really attached to those characters. Well, I think you'd have, it made an impact so on you. So it's the authentic George R. R. Martin experience, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean... They, even just, even just, I mean, so don't, don't give away anything later, but even just the first episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because the you very end of it, you're like, oh, because oh, come on! Yeah. What do they build? A, can I well, guess what happens? They build a character that you really like and they kill him. But it's it's probably, it's probably a but the way the they do it, it's formula. But, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's, it's it's how they I know do I'm it and how, how it how they go I'm about. But it's different than watching Jon Snow make a decision that you don't agree and, with. And you like if I was in that situation, yeah. I'm smarter. Yes. I'd figure it out, and then you don't. And, and that's why like, well, that's why I say it's not fantasy; it's politics because it does a really good job of being like you are making executive level decisions that have dire consequences and it's it's i like it in that regard and also since it it, it goes through it's like this interlude between i don't know if it's season two and season three whichever whichever season had the red wedding in it three and four it's yeah, so yeah three so four. it's three and yeah. four um the fact that ramsey snow comes in and you basically have no bearing on him because like they do a really good job of having House Forrester be important while also not like putting plot holes in the show or putting Falling plot the holes in the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so you 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 like Game of Thrones? You yeah, I really hope Dylan Ilvento stamp of approval. Um. Yeah, and I really hope they do a second season of that because I mean, obviously, no, they, I think they leave it with a cliffhanger, obviously, but um, more punishment for you. Dude, um, I like where this is going. Ooh. And then I played Wolf Among Us, and I really like Wolf Among Us. I love yes. that comic series. It's and I've never read Fables, but Wolf Wait, Among Us. Is have really you not good. played Wolf Among Us? I played the first episode, and I really like it. Yeah, I just I love the intro. It just sequence. gets better and yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. Walking, yeah. smoking, dude. I love, I love everything. Dude, I love he, everything he about that world. All the purple his character, like I was so happy with how they handled oh, him. And I, I like that. I like yeah, purple. Um, what I liked about Wolf Among Us. From a world building perspective, is that they they open on that episode, and even if you don't have any appreciation for fables, you're like, this is fucking rad. Like yeah. you're on board. And he's talking uh, to Mister Toad and everything like and that. And he's talking really to Mister cool. Toad, and you're just this, you know, grizzled detect, whatever. You're. It, have you played Wolf Among Us? No, I own it. Uh, I just really started good. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on my list. Just play it for the, the, the ten minutes so you can get to the, the title sequence. Oh, and the title, the title sequence in Game of Thrones is great too. Yes, yeah, it's because it's just the TV show. I love Tales from the but Borderlands, it's, but it's with the art direction of the game. It's amazing. Oh, that's really cool. It's really because cool. you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, first you know scene ends, and then burr, 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 burr. I was like, oh my god, it's it's, it's very magic. You made a Star Wars one. I mean, it's coming. That's He's prob- still my beating heart. It's coming. The Boba Fett. I'm sure it's coming. Uh, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars 13, 13 is turning I'm just saying it'd be really right. cool to see that title slide come up. But Luke, I am your father. Luke will remember this. <laughs> Leia, Luke, kiss. Luke, Luke, Han, Luke will, Han will remember this. Princess Leia will try to forget this. Someone, someone tweeted this. Di- dialogue they made up it was like when Han and Leia married and Han goes guess I'm not solo anymore and then it's just Leia and Han silent for like three lines of dialogue and Leia, <laughs> and Leia going I want a divorce Have you seen <laughs> and then Carrie Fisher t- retweeted that there's a, a, a Twitter called Dad Han Solo oh god yeah, it's just Han it, it interacts with the very lonely Luke and the emo, emo Kyle Kyle Ryan. Ryan. and then there's also a general Leia so the four of them are interacting together it's pretty good it's good it's one of the times where the internet's cool I destroyed, right, I destroyed so you, your shame so you like Game of Thrones you're digging Wolf Among Us <laughs> I finished Wolf Among Us you like how that should I play through that one yeah. Okay. Oh, geez, holy shit. So, so the fables, the comic series. What? When does that take place? So this because I know this, this is a takes prequel. Place immediately before, yeah. issue one of fables. Okay, so fables takes place in the eighties. Oh, because you, they're all talking on giants. 
No, oh, decade wise, yeah, decade yeah, wise, it's, yeah, it's like eighties, like late eighties, early nineties. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Because they're all still using cassette players yep. and stuff. That's yep. The nineties. CDs didn't come out till mid nineties. Yeah. Oh. Um. The yeah, wedding singer tape. lied to me. Um. I mean, I don't. I, all I know is that we had. I had tapes growing up. I had okay. Tapes growing up too. Um. Not everyone was as as well as the Avengers with their CDs and laser discs. Yeah, I can't tell if I like that period or not. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of like just recent enough that it doesn't like do it for me. Um, oh really? I thought it was cool because like I love the art because I was confused by like like the cars because car model, the shape of the cars was different enough. I was like, well, this yeah. isn't modern times. And then we Georgie Porgy picks up the his <laughs> mobile phone and it's like this big. And it's like three feet tall and weighs a hundred pounds. I was car like, phone. Well, this is definitely not. It's not even a mobile phone. It's a car phone. No, but he but he's in the bar. And he picks it up. He brought his car into the bar. <laughs> he just drives it through. <laughs> and just. Right. So, and, like, the idea, like, so, I'd be really interested in reading the comics now, because, like, and it's interesting, like, all these different, because you have, like, you know, Big Bad Wolf, obviously, is a common family of Snow White. You have Georgie Porgy, which I think is really interesting. But you have, like, things like Faith, or Donkey Skin. Like, Donkey that's Skin. A, that's I a, think that was totally new for the series. You think so? Um, I've only read two volumes, but I don't think her family's Who ever referenced. Um, Bill Willingham was a creator. There you go. I only know that because I've no, seen it in the credits. There's a fantasy writer that's tied to it. Yeah, Bill Willingham. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's cool because... He's, he's been the writer for every issue. Um, but I think that's such a cool mythos to be able to pull from. Yeah, totally. I think that... They, they have that so much to work cool. with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so I really like that. And I really liked... Because there are parts... So kind of like how Game of Thrones or any of the Telltale games, like some... Ultimately, a lot of choices don't have much bearing. But the way they set up some of the things where because you're investigating, like, so there's like a time constraint at one point and you have three places you have to investigate and you have like two hours to do it. And so you have to pick which places are you going to go to. Um, And depending on which places you go to, you might not get all the clues to inform you where you need to go ultimately. So you might be late at arriving there because you know the suspect's going to be somewhere at a certain point. They're meeting with someone, but you don't know where. But, you know, these three places are going to have the clues, but only two of the three places are going to have the clues you need. So if you go to the wrong place, you can get there late. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, it doesn't have much bearing because you kind of figure it out over time, but it makes things more difficult. Mm-hmm. Or there's a part where you're interrogating Mr. Toad in his house, and there are all these clues, and you ask him questions. And Wait, you, who is Mr. Toad from? He's from Mr. Toad. He drove the car. Straight up a story about Mr. Toad. Pop the molly. It's not Frog and Toad? It is Frog and Toad. Or Badger and Toad was another one, I think. Frog and Toad was the book series I read growing up. I don't know if that's a grim tale, though. Well, there's also, remember the Disney cartoon, the really old one, you know, Mr. Toad's Wild Run or something. You do. Yeah. But anyways, you're, inter- you're talking to him in his house, and um, he, and you see all these clues everywhere. So there's like, there's like blood splatter on the wall at one point, and there's like a lamp that's been knocked over and it's broken yeah, pulled out his head yeah and but you don't see that until the very end so if you ask him correctly like if you're able to choose the right dialogue choices he will tell you what you need to know otherwise you ultimately you can you ultimately like i really need this and you can be like very stern with him and say like i need this or you can just pick him up and shake him and be like Toad, tell me what you need. What do you know? And then his what? son comes out and gets scared by you. And then later the, on... Wait, is this the first episode? No, this, this is... Second, second episode. Second or third. Uh, but I like, wait, the, uh, the Telltale note... Maybe it's the first episode. The Telltale no, note there the is... Um, uh, Toad's son is afraid of the big bad wolf. Yeah. 
Terry right. Wife. Yeah. Right. So, but that informs later on because then he's less mm-hmm. willing to talk to you. His yeah. son is. I think it's cool. So, uh, Snow White will remember that. You you played all the, you played it, the entire Telltale Library. I haven't touched Walking Dead season two, and which I've, is good. Yeah, but I'm kind of a little depressed right now. I don't know if I'm going to touch that immediately. Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. You play anything? Do you play anything besides? Because uh, I want to go to Tales from the Borderlands, or I want to go. Yeah, I want to go to Tales from the Borderlands for a little bit, and then we'll go to Undertale. Um, I, the spoiler-free version. Um, of Tales. Tales. Well, I want to hear. Have you been playing anything else that you really want to talk about? I play some more Rocket League. I'm really good on my Rocket League game right now. Dude, I'm all about Rocket League on this. So this has happened twice, right? Have you played Rocket League yet, Dan? No. I'm waiting, I'm waiting so for it to come out on Xbox One. God! I've played one-on-one matches. You want to play me one-on-one right now? You want to go? And, I've, and this has happened to me twice, where I've been playing play and I've been Xbox. doing really well, and the guy will quit, right? And then right in the like game over screen, you can just hit ready and go into another matchmaking oh. match. He'll throw you in with him again? Again. And that's happened twice. <laughs> and my response is the auto-response, whoops. And we play again, and that'd be awesome. Um... But yeah, I booted up Fallout for like ten minutes, and, and it, oh, my PC's fixed. Did we talk about? Has that been recorded yet? My PC's so. fixed. So after gutting, yeah. gutting it out, and replacing is it running stuff better now than i five and stuff. Or I haven't noticed it. Well, Fallout Four is loading slower, like I oh, said, man. so I don't know why. Because um, I sat there like on the initial load, and it took like thirty seconds. Really? But I mean, Bethesda games—they do, but they do Bethesda. things. Anything else? Nope, I kind of want to start playing Wind Waker. So she play the Shadow sh- Complex. I have that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play more. I played like the first five minutes of it. It's great. I fell off it. Uh, That's it. That's me. I downloaded Dead Space because I signed up for the Origin Pass thing, which you can get on Xbox One too. Isn't it only? Oh yeah, isn't it a time thing though? Just this week. No, 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 no. It's so it's you pay five dollars a month and you get access to. But isn't there? Think, f- there's no time limit. But isn't there a free tier? No, isn't the whole origin thing for Xbox though like on a timer just because this is like the beta? No, so really? you, get, you get you get early previews of games. That this are week, out. this week, if you have gold, you can get it for free for a week. So you can go download. Oh, okay. okay. So you can play any of um, oh wow these games in this vault, and there's not a ton. Oh. So this is how we're gonna. But play I got this. Dragon Age Inquisition. I thought you already had it though. I have a PS4. Oh, but I sold it a long time ago. So, uh, I got all the Dead Space games, um, This War of Mine, which I've been wanting to play, uh, Battlefield 4, Battlefield Are, are these just what you downloaded? Yeah, it's not all of them. They're all, but it's, it's a cool, it's, it's a system that I'm, I think some people are opposed to, because they think that, uh, they don't want to subscribe for games, but... Five dollars a month isn't bad. I no. would pay, I would pay... If they yeah. had a subscription-based virtual a, console... I mean, oh I mean, my I mean, god, I would be all over that. Wait, theoretically, it takes you, a, at five dollars a month, it could take you a, a full year to reach a game price. That's great. Well, and the other thing is that there's, there's so many companies that have these fantastic back catalogs. Yeah. Nintendo. Yep. Absolutely. EA, um, I think Ubisoft would do it. I would sign up. I mean, I could, oh I could see myself paying fifteen dollars a month. Um, well, Konami won't do it, because they're bleeding. No, they, burning would, out. they wouldn't do it, but they got um, a great back catalog. You played Mass Effect, right? Yeah. Um, Assuming control. <laughs> so but I think she's referencing Jawas. Nice. I, I'm I'm on board with that, and I uh, so I picked up, I started playing Death Base Two again for ten minutes. Pretty much this has been the week where I played game for ten minutes and stopped. I played Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and I actually got a little farther than that. Mm-hmm. And I like Jacob and Evie or Evie Evie. It's Evie Fry, right? Evie Fry. Yeah. I like them a lot. I think they're pretty cool. Um, 
I like Alexander Graham Bell. He's my favorite. I haven't character. found him yet. <laughs> I'm not very far in it. He's super Scottish. And then what else did I play? I played uh try to sync Origin with Steam and not have it work for an hour. I just end up yeah, that always shows up in when I'm playing Steam. It'll show up in Mason's playing Origin. And I'm like, yeah. how does one play Origin? <laughs> well, does it, Origin play you? It play, yes, <laughs> that. That's it. Um, All right. Well, I didn't really play very much. So that's not. Oh, so, okay. Good talk. Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, let's talk about Tales from the Borderlands. Um, it's impossible for me to talk about Borderlands without talking about how much I was obsessed with it. I know. First one came out. Second one came out, and I ran through at least three characters all the way through the game and the DLC. Um, I started with. In one or two? Two. Oh. Start with Commando, and then I did Zero, uh, the Assassin. Who's my third? Uh, oh, the Necromancer. Oh. Uh, Necromancer cool. was so much fun. Um, I'm a psycho. Tim played the Siren when I played with him. Nice. Um, Siren was my fourth one. Um, but anyway, I love the entire Horror. world of Borderlands. I love okay. the art direction. I love the narrative. Uh, the gameplay loop is is like crack cocaine to me. Me too. Um, so to dive right into the art direction and and more like style a, like more style and an aspect of the story that we don't get any perspective on through the regular games mm-hmm. was a, a great compliment to the series for me right so you liked it i loved it so here's what i have to say and this is more of a, a um a critique on telltale games in general is that i know we've talked about their engine and their kind of technical expertise their animations their facial animations need to improve yeah. because oh, when yeah. reese is shouting. He's shouting like this. He's just raising his voice, but his mouth isn't moving any higher. And there's a part where he's like screaming, but he's just like, ah! and, the, the, and it happens yeah. in all the other ones too. He could really benefit from some mocap. I think. I mean, I still felt like this was the most kinetic Telltale game. Yeah, I feel like I, like they were doing stuff with camera work. That's how long you play. It's cool. Oh, there's yeah. this part in the Game of Thrones one where you're at a, a feast for Tommen. I think. Want, does everyone get killed? No, 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 no! You're talking. You're talking to some. Game of checklist. You're talking about like third, some third cousin Lannister, and there's a great camera motion where they sweep across this feast table. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but it's yeah. like sweeping this way, and he's reaching done, the other way, and it look, it's fantastic. Like yeah, like some of their work. setting. Um, uh, Walking Dead. Great. Walking Dead season two has some really good cinematic elements and camera nice. work. So, but what I like about Tales from the Borderland, and when I say it's more kinetic, is because Tales from the Borderland has that time to respond uh, feature, whatever you call that. Yeah. There's a lot and of Wolf Among Us. They, there's that part where you're at the ending sequence and you're, you're, you're they're, the they're going, yeah. So, the way that it, they throw you from one aspect that you have country. influence over yeah. to the other, yeah. I thought was really fun. Yeah, how but it all yeah. kind of comes it, together. As the climax is happening, the amount of interaction you have in the world is, is, to me, that's when all of a sudden, like their gameplay loop made sense. In oh. this, like, it was really cool. It felt uh, like stuff was happening. That's the other thing. I don't know if you know this, but you play two characters in mm. Tales from the Borderlands, and they both have their own like slightly different systems. They don't yeah. really flesh them out. Like their money system is like she has money. Yeah, that's why I just started taking all the money. And they do that in yeah. they do that in Wolf Among Us too, because at the very beginning of the game, um, you're talking to the the prostitute. And you can give her your money. Yeah. And then at least two more times in the game, you can offer to give someone else money, mm-hmm. but you've already given all your money well, to you, the prostitute. You can take someone's money later too. Right. But that happens after the two uh, other times you give people money. So I just start stealing like Ichabod Crane's money, but there is never a prompt again to give <laughs> someone money. So I'm just this asshole embezzling from the embezzler. Big B just 
rolling in his butt. It was literally like a fat wad of cash he just stuffs in his pocket. Yeah. So, okay, so you, you, and you really, I, my reaction to Open Portland is that it, I think it, where these other franchises are, are, are kind of coming in and adding to this, I think Tales of the Borderlands actually elevates Borderlands yeah, I think as a franchise. Yeah. I think that I was never, I mean, I, I liked it enough, but I was never as much like, yeah, I, we I, talked about this last, last time. week. You missed out on a lot of the good narrative elements. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was on board. And it was so cool because the whole setup is a heist. I guess. Well, it's like a heist that leads to a bigger heist because, like, it's a heist that fails and then <laughs> they have another heist. Okay, well, we're getting to spoiler territory. Sorry. It's, oh. man, in Patrick Warburton, he's the voice of the one guy, right? Of uh, Vasquez. Vasquez. Um, I don't think yeah. they. I don't is, think is, they that the, is that the guy from uh, Family Guy? Yeah. 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 yeah it's the guy, the, the, yeah, the, the tick. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they leveraged him as much as they could have. And yeah, I think well, it was. Only, and I think it's partially because. But he's gonna, of the I think he'll be in episode it's only the first two. episode. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he. Um, yeah, I don't. I think he'll be a. Um, I really like the fact that they included Zero so heavily. <laughs> Zero was cool. That Zero was, was great. Um, Zero, and and that whole sequence with him and the guy. Oh, man, damn it, Dan, you gotta play. It. I, don't I, will, I will play. So, it. I, I'm there, curious the, the to see. I will that play. Kept fucking up and then like. I will play the, the first two so that I can catch up. So that all right, they'll, they'll go. They'll go by pretty quick. Yeah, the first one's gonna be two hours. So. It reminds me a lot of the Lego movie, like that last yeah. third of the Lego movie when they're breaking into President Business's yes. tower. <laughs> it's like that kind of that kind of um, caper. This is the most I've laughed out loud at a game though since I played Jazz Punk. And Jazz Punk, like, what just is, Jazz Punk hit me in jazz every what is every button no, that you can press for Mason. Okay, we're not going to go into a Jazz Punk hole, but it's really good and you should play. It's basically like if you took. We're going to play it in a minute. I mean, what, show it to you. It's like. Uh-huh, what kind of humor? It's like Monty Python kind of humor. It's just non sequitur kind of like. Yeah. It's like if you took Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and then you had uh, the similar kind of like. It's a first person adventure game. I, I can't even describe it. But it's, it's so like cool. it's got weird. like a lot of like it's subverting your expectations over and over. But in over. terms of setting, it's a lot of like man from Uncle kind of like Red Scare kind of communist. Oh yeah, communist era spies. Yeah. Nice. So the best way to inform the humor of this thing is that you go and meet your boss who yes. lives in this, this in this beginning. in this railroad or in this in a metro uh, car that's just in this abandoned section. And you go and talk to him and he and he lives in one of the car or his office is in one of the cars and he's talking to you. Wait, in Tales of the Borderlands? No, in, in Jazz Punk. Oh, and, you're t- oh. and you're talking to him, and he goes, "I right, excuse me, I'll be in the wine cellar." And he like st- walks down and behind <laughs> his desk, and you go around the desk, and he's just laying there with a bottle coming out of his mouth. Dude, we should play Jazz Punk one night because we could play all in one night. That's great. Um, that's the boss. Yeah, that's 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 the scene. Well, that's awesome. This so, Jazz Punk. Cool. So, anyways, that's the most I've, I've I've genuinely that and um, uh, Stanley Parable. I've been like two games that really like. Blew me away in terms of like just writing and, and, and playing and being funny with timing. And Tales from the Borderlands yeah. is a little easier to do that in, I think. I don't think it's as attractive as an execution of that, mm-hmm. but the writing is something that's really good. So, did you like it? Yeah, I liked okay. it a lot. Um, I probably would have finished it. Uh, Having not had this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I was ready. To... Wait, you didn't get to the ending? No, I mean like finish the entire series. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I finished. I finished the first episode. I'm trying. If, to... What blew me away is that the Chris Hardwick voice character, um, Ben. What's it? What's the nerdy guy's name? The accountant. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Chris Hardwick was that voice. Chris Hardwick. I'm usually really good at picking voices out. I think it's it's a testament to how like 
immersive. But that character had a cool I arc. I think yeah, I like I like because he was really irritating to me. The first like he was grating. And I'm really curious. Yeah, he did have a good arc. But it was him that first cued me in, and that their facial animations weren't good. Were good. Enough, I because agree. he was just kind of like when he has these his, big Millhouse eyebrows. That yeah, I yeah. think over. He does look like Millhouse. But I, I think because Borderlands is already limited in their engine, not engine, not limited, but like they already have. It that. already looks kind of like that. I feel less pulled out than I do in a uh, a game trying to replicate a Game of Thrones, where like I know what Peter Dinklage looks like. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, very much like there's no um, comic book style, uncanny. You know, yeah, there is no and uncanny. Value I, I don't think they not. really had that in in Game of Thrones, or maybe they're different teams and. They have different, and well, they you only get the uncanny valley when you're trying too hard to make it look realistic. Mm-hmm. So what Game of Thrones does, that kind of pisses, pisses me oh. off. But I, no, I like that on the characters. So mm-hmm. all the characters have a painterly style. They put this huge filter off all the scenery, and it's like you remember when we saw. You know, have you guys seen Inside Out? No, you have. Yeah, you guys yeah. seen Inside yeah. Out? So you know how Joy has I like saw it with has you. yeah. I said I know you've seen it. So Joy has kind of like the effervescent like sparks coming off of her skin. Mm-hmm. All the background has that, yeah. yeah, and it's really distracting. That's weird yeah. because it just looks like they, you know you look at a windowsill and there's like a huge chunk missing out of the yeah. windowsill. I didn't, so, I didn't mind it; it didn't bother huh. me as much. But I they see, turned it down a little bit, yeah. But, but it was just so high. Also, so, you know, I play it on console. You play it on PC. It could be less of an issue for me. That, you know, it might be that they're trying to do something that they think makes something look graphically better, yeah. um, but in reality, it's more distracting. I think it's also because like that painterly style looks very detailed for all the characters. If they did it mm-hmm. for every inch of that yeah. game, it'd probably yeah. be take too long. But I will say that the Wolf Among Us, Wolf Among Us, had great art style. Because, I like, I love the art. Well, and have you if you see the, it's different than the comic. The comic does not look as good. Yeah, the comic yeah, looks think, more stereotypically the, like... It, it, the comic very much looks like it was a comic from the 90s, yeah. which I can appreciate. At the, as far as 90s comics go, it's the best looking 90s comic I've ever seen outside of Sandman. Or Watchmen. Or Watchmen. Well, that's 80s. That's 80s. Watchmen's it's 80s, like 85. Oh, alright. Okay. I, um, I received my comment. I apologize. It was all the same. It was Watchmen. And Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns and if, if one other. Alan, Alan Moore. Influential. No, I saying like those yeah. three are like... They all oh, came out the same year. They all came out like 88. And they all like grabbed on that like end of the communist era doomsday right. like nuclear scare mentality. Watchmen's got great art direction. Actually. Oh yeah, um, but the comic series very much looks like it was made in that time period, whereas the game does a, a great job of bringing things up to you know current Telltale aesthetics. And it's, it's a lot of flat and like all of the violets, all the bright neon colors just look great. Oh god, that, I love that shit. But it does a much better job than I think the Game of Thrones was does. But what the Telltale. Um... Tales of the Borderlands did for me is it that resold me because I mean you can go back like three episodes ago and I was pretty sober on the Telltale. You were not a fan of Telltale, and then and then I played Tales and yeah. I don't think I want to play more of them, but I think it's been long enough because I played the first four episodes of The Walking Dead because yeah. um, it was free on PS Plus. I mean that was like a new thing, and I liked it a lot. And but I had my fill with that experience. I think this is I'll probably play this and I probably won't be on board again for another Telltale game. Well, I got two quick questions for you guys first. Who here is going to play the Telltale Batman game? Oh, fuck yeah. Me? Okay. Mason? Maybe? I I, I gotta be Arkham Knight. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, yeah, Arkham I'm Knight. gonna play Arkham Knight before I play Telltale. What about the uh what about the Marvel one? Marvel what? Marvel Telltale game. What the fuck is that happening? Oh, it's coming out before the Batman one because they announced it. I, I, I had no idea oh, that was coming. I didn't know that. Yeah. What oh, I wait. come to what I like about what I really, really like about Tales of the Borderlands, and I think these other franchises do it justice because they can do these more intimate things. But what's cool about Tales is that Borderlands is this bombastic Diablo 
esque game where you're just mowing through people and they tell this tight, intimate story and mm. they characterize the bandits in a hilarious like it's I great. Love well, the, the guy bandits. that has the subwoofer in his chest, like yes. it, it just turns up the reverb yes. on him at the end. <laughs> but the bandit when he goes I'm gonna spoil one thing. I have to, I have to, when he tries to, did you try to attack the bandit? Which one? The one that when you and um. Oh, when he come up behind him, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. you, Jack, are you messing with me? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> it was so like that oh, had me like man. actually. Oh, uh, the shock baton gag. No, that was, oh, was great. It was, it was, it was. There's a lot that I really and I like Reese and I like um. Fiona. Fiona, they're cool, and I like her. It's just it's I cool. really. I'm excited to talk about it when you play it. Yeah. I really liked the plot point with uh, Felix, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. But I like the way they handled that. That's Nolan North. That's, that's Nolan North? Nice. Wait, he's the guy, the blonde-haired the, the guy. The old guy? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Nolan North is the blonde-haired guy that's, that's, that's oh, selling oh, the... Oh, yeah, 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 selling the key. That's Nolan North. Uh, wait, really? That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Because um, you told me Nolan North was in there. I wasn't... I... It's like the who's who of all the voice actors. Cause, uh, it was Troy Baker. Troy yeah, Baker. exactly. Wait, and isn't the girl, um, the Lady Mass Effect? Uh, Probably. Most likely. We'll look her up. All right. There's like three people. Um, anyway, my actors. second question for the two of you, what is the one thing, except for Bruce will remember that, that you would like to see in Telltale Batman? <laughs> Um, that's for sure. That was my thing. I know. Okay. Well, they talk about how this is going to be a more focus on um, Bruce Wayne's life, oh. and I think that's going to be fascinating because. And when, I'm curious, what, like, when what, do you think it will take place? Well, that's what I was curious about because I'm curious, like, time frame, and I'm also curious art style. Yeah. Is this yeah. going to be animated series Batman? Is this yeah. going to be like? Uh, and you going to be Frank, Frank Miller yeah. Batman? Is this going to be? Early sixties DC. I'm gonna guess it's just gonna be Adam West Batman. (laughs) Pow! I'm gonna guess it's not gonna be the Bruce Tim Batman, which is Batman the Animated Series. (laughs) Uh Um, And I'm making this guess based on the initial art direction and the bat symbol. No, it might. So Bruce Tim is he the voice actor for Batman? No, that's Kevin Conroy. Conroy. Bruce Tim is one of the executives at DC now, um, who's um, famous for creating that Batman the Animated Series style characters. Um, I think Paul Dini also was Paul Dini too. Um, Yep. Was Paul, I think Paul Dean was the writer. Bruce Tim was the animator. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to see that. It'll probably be something closer to New Fifty Two style. Um, but, well, I mean, don't snuff your nose at just New New Fifty Two. The New Fifty Two Batman with um, I like the um, New Fifty Two stuff. Snyder and the art style. Oh, you don't like the art? I, I love uh, Capullo's. I like the Flash's one, but I like Dark Knight Returns. I like Year One, and that's about all really I've like read Dark Knight Returns. Of- okay. I have the new Lego Batmobile. We're, we're, we're talking about oh, the Adam West one? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're talking about the new Greg Capullo's kind of Ben, Kulo's kinda ben like, Affleck Batmobile. Like Killing Joke. That no, I've never read Killing Joke. No, no, not Killing Joke, but or the long more stuff like Death of the Family or oh, yeah. um, Court of Owls. Like, no, nothing? Well, I've never read it. Oh, so yeah, within the last, since 2011, um, Greg Capullo has been the artist in Batman and it's just been beautiful. I think I, the only reason I give a shit about Batman is because I watched the animated series when I was really, oh, really young. Totally. It was really informative. But, like, anything nowadays, I don't really... Like, I don't read the comics. I don't um, read comics in general. Okay. And, like, going back to the animated series, <laughs> that doesn't hold up. Um, okay. You know, it's interesting, though. Interesting. The same, so, have you played the Arkham Asylum Arkham City I, games? I haven't, I haven't played... So there's a lot of the same voices. Yeah. A lot of the same voice yeah. actors as But the I don't series. like the art style so, for that. For the Arkham series. Oh, really? Oh, I do. Did you ever get into Batman Beyond? 
I did. No, I really don't like Batman Beyond. Uh, you know, like old Bruce I... Wayne. Oh, Batman Beyond. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the movies. The no, no, uh, no, 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 no. No, like uh, no, I like Batman Beyond. Okay, yeah, that's that's I. But like, I think that was like the end point because yeah. I was like, I don't know, twelve, thirteen, whatever, mm. and that was like, yeah, Batman the like, animated. I like Return of the Joker. Yeah, um, Batman the animated series visually does not hold up. It looks like crap. I uh, what? I, I disagree. I disagree too. I I like their direction <laughs> in, in the animated series. It has that. <laughs> I, I I like that Art Deco. I th- uh, I think the direction flat. is good. I just don't think the animation is of. Uh, like there's so. Do much you think game. Justice League Unlimited holds up? And I really yes. like Justice League Unlimited. We're, we're still close enough to, to like when it was released. That still looks pretty good. The animation has just come so far. I feel like in my mind they're the same level. But so, but right. in terms of storytelling, Justice League, I like. I think the writing is so bad now in Justice oh, League Unlimited. But God, yeah, like like how uh, Batman the Animated Series was really formative for me. Really liking Batman, Justice League Unlimited made me love the question. So it's just <laughs> Batman the question. Fuck all the rest of you. Fair One of the cool. things I like about Batman the Animated Series is they actually animated on black or dark gray cells. Really? And so what you're seeing is they're painting up with ink. They're painting up with pigment. Normally we paint down on white, right? right? right. So that it, yeah. it, it, it has this darkness to it, which is naturally dark from the animation style, yeah. which I really appreciate. And I think it's unique and I think it holds up. Um, the animation, not to say the artwork, but the animation does look a little dated because it's kind of yeah that's that's the one over the top kind of cartoony in a in a in a in an overly exaggerated way but the animation or the uh, artwork itself and the art direction of the animated series um I did not like the animated series when it came out hmm. uh as an adult having gone back to it recently rediscovered it um I I appreciate it I think it I think it's and that Batmobile is sweet. I love yeah, that Batmobile. Yeah, that Batmobile rocks. That's my favorite one. Yeah, but I had the toy. Um, but the, the artwork is beautiful. I think it's it's just the actual nature of the animations yeah. that even some of it though. Like I think about like Harley, um, who obviously who comes was introduced from that. in that. Yeah. Uh, and some of her animation works with that character. Kind of creates that character where it's yeah. this almost overly exaggerated. Um. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it it's I, I'm not I'm not willing to write it off. I I, I respect but, where you're yeah, coming from I, saying it's, it hasn't hold up, but I I respectfully disagree because I'm not willing to write it off. I think it's still got I something. Think I think I think I've misconveyed my my feelings about the show. Yeah. Um, I I definitely don't. I'm not sour on it in any yeah, way. Okay. Like if if you told me I had to watch every single episode in a row for a week, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, I I could not get past or, like the Christmas episode. I could not. Some of the writing. That's the very first episode. Yeah, it was that. Some of the, the writing is rough for me. But, yeah, but, but that's uh, cool. What you said though about the the darkness thing, how they painted. Yeah, it. because that's I similar no to like um, Mona Lisa was like that. So Leonardo mm. da Vinci, he mixed gray into all the pigment. Mm. And it's this uh, technique called sfumato, which means smoky, I believe in the Italian, huh. and it's like it darkens the entire scene. Yeah, it's interesting. Nice. Um, what were we talking about? Batman. Um, Bitman. Well, we gotta talk. If we're gonna talk about Undertale, we have Undertale. Okay. It's almost seven o'clock. Undertale. Let's, let's, let's put the nail in the Undertale. Undertale. Maybe coffin. Hmm? Let's put the nail in the Undertale coffin. <laughs> All right. So we know that you don't like it. You being Alex, because people can't see where you're pointing. No, if they can, if they you can. all. <laughs> All right. Because Dan liked it. Dan, Dan liked, liked it. it. Alex didn't like it. I liked it up until the very last second of it, where it was basically giving me a huge middle finger and said, "Fuck you! You played this you wrong." Violent. <laughs> did you did you reopen the game? No. Wait, you, 
Like after you after talk, it br- turns off the game. All right, so this as, is what happens. So, okay, so, so yeah, we so talk get in. So so there are three ways you can so you can be the murderous, violent tyrant, and you can be neutral, which means you kill some people, and then right. you can be total pacifist. Right. So I killed some people because I didn't know you could spare people. So I killed uh, Asgore's wife at the beginning. Me too. And Whoa. I felt really bad about that. I spe- I didn't kill Papyrus because I wanted I Papyrus. Papyrus. Wait. I wanted Papyrus to live, so I didn't kill him. You can kill the wife? What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. I just... Camryel? What's her name? Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, yeah. I killed her too. Um, Holy shit. Because I thought you had to. Yeah. And so I didn't kill Metatron. Oh, wait. No, I totally killed her. Yeah. And, <laughs> wait, you killed everyone. Yeah, I, 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 was, come on. Wait, wait you said Asgore. Uh, yeah. You have, you have a, that's a, a unquenchable bloodlust. So let's kill her. Flowers and shit. So, so, so I reached the end, right? And it yeah. shows you the house that you start off in the ruins. And I freaked out. And I was like, fuck. So I, yeah. I was like, oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm running through and they're playing. And there's really good music in the house. Yep. And then getting the keys. And, I thought all the music was good. And, and, yeah, you, I agree. and the random encounters and all that monster. Minus the shrill part of it. I hate how shrill it was. The monsters are telling you what's going on every time yeah. you have the random encounter. And I find him. And Asgore looks just like Dan. <laughs> so, you know, if, we're gonna, if Dan's going to be someone from Underdale, it's like, ah, where's yeah, the beard? I was like, that's yeah. Dan. Um, and then we, you know, and then you follow him into the end. And I really like the effect of the barrier, where it's just that white, yep, the that hallway. Thing. I thought that's that was cool. That was great. I, thought, I think it's three D. Well, I no, it's just a gradient that they made yeah, you think yeah. it's three D. Is it? It's a gradient. Yeah, it's an effect. But it's, anyway, continue. Um, but so. So then you fight Asgore. So I fought Asgore, and I thought the part where he pulls out the trident and then shatters the mercy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Yep. And then I I got him down to, to Oh, sorry. Um I got him down to to he was kneeling. And then, you know, and then the choices come up. It's like, you know, fight or mercy, and I like how the mercy buttons all shattered, like put yeah. back together. I'm like, all right, mercy. And then so I did like, the same thing. Yeah, and he was point. like, Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I gave we'll, him mercy. We'll, yeah. we'll eat. Butterscotch pie, whatever. Yep. And then Flowey come, comes in, comes in and kills him. Yep. And he's like, "It's either kill or be killed." And then the game turns off. Did you open the game back up? Uh uh-uh. uh Dylan, you didn't beat the game. What? You didn't beat the game. <laughs> Dylan, you didn't fuck. open the game back up. <laughs> Dylan, that's no. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens? We'll talk about you, next you gotta go you open the game back up. Oh, you will God. see what happens. Go Will it still work? Up. Having me turn off me my yes, PC and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to go open the game. And it's up. gonna it's gonna do it a few more times. And it's gonna do it a few more times. You're gonna have to open it back up a few more times. Just it's that's all we're stupid. gonna say. You go do that, and then we'll talk about it next week. That's amazing. This is the best. You didn't even think to like reopen it. No, because I was like, "Well, fuck you, game." <laughs> <laughs> I was really on board. I loved it. I thought this was a great game, but I guess not. I guess Flowey's just gonna be like, "Well, fuck you. I'm gonna take all these souls." <laughs> Do it. Uh, that's hilarious. Because why would it? This is the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> no, I why would it asked. turn the game off? Just go. Okay. Gotta go because back it, because it's an asshole. It's, the, it's this most sobering thing. Just and then I'm back on the <laughs> desktop. I'm like, well, see. So my thought was, was my thought now. was, well, shit. Maybe I did something wrong. Let me go back into my last save and and I thought my game do it again. Out. So I open the game back up. Well, that's and also my thought. I thought I like actually was. So on Xbox, what happened? Are you playing on PC? I play on PC. It's, on Xbox. Xbox. it's not. It's not. It's on yeah, it's only on PC. Yeah, uh, dude, what? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. So we'll, we'll talk, talk about, we'll it, talk next about it next week. All right. Man. There's stuff that happens. Well, I'm glad. Just, That's just, good. Just because that was really be. unsatisfying. Actually, 
And it, I, I don't know. I'll, Look, yeah. Don't say anything. Just I'll leave him, it there. Just let him do it. So I will say that to beat Asgore, I turn the god mode on and cheat engine that just makes your heart blink. Oh, I didn't think he was that hard. <laughs> I, didn't I, think I, was I that died hard once. But what level were you? I was eight. Yeah, I was like two. Oh, yeah. I hated the part where it was like so we killed everything. Your love stands for level yeah. of violence, and your XP stands for execution points. I'm like, yep. All right, the scene, I was, I was the scene, the cathedral, five, the light coming through, and the music. Okay, this is making me hate it less, but just the fact that you like we pulled one over on you. I'm like, I guess you did. But I think they justify it because you haven't seen it. But they they the way it ends, and I, we can say this is that they they open it up. For the game is meant to be played. I think you're supposed to play it twice. I think yeah. so too. Because everything that happens, because I, I booted it back up, and the game remembers a yep. lot. Yep. Okay, well, I'll go and finish. Yep. Finish it for real. Yep. That's shitty. It's hilarious, though. That is really it's really funny. Fucking cool. <laughs> I, as soon as it happened, I was like, Dylan's not going to realize it's a bug. He's going to yep. get mad and walk away. And then you got Joe <laughs> the game, gave him a big fuck you. So, damn it. That's hilarious. All right. Utilities updates? Utilities updates? Paid my bill. Something's <laughs> good. Okay. Guy came back, fixed it. Guy clock sync. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Right. Um, we gotta wrap it up though. Oh, uh, Global Game Jam. It's next weekend. Ooh, it's not next weekend. It's the weekend after that. Is it? It's the weekend of thirtieth. Is that not it's no, next weekend? No, it's not. No. I assume we're going to that. Yes. Well, that's what I'm asking. Oh, what? fuck! That is next weekend. Yeah. Because twenty third. That bar, the Hardywood thing, is also next weekend. Yeah, but um, when do we ever work through Saturday night? It's, but I thought that Hardywood thing starts at two. Oh, well, I mean, we do both. Wait, no the um the Hardywood thing isn't until the end of the month. That's the same. Oh, it is. It, it is the weekend of the thirtieth. You're right. But isn't that? I think that's next weekend. No, though. next weekend is the twenty third and twenty fourth. Oh yeah, so we're good. Huh. Well, the Hardywood thing is the end of the month too, though. Yes, you're right. And is the game jam at the end of the month? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But we can do both. We'll I'm be. not. That doesn't. I'm not about that. Um, this will be my first game jam, guys. Cool. Yeah. You guys all gonna do it? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yes. <laughs> We're all gonna do it independently. <laughs> yeah. We're all have four unfinished games. Um, as long as there's something I can contribute, then I'll do it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can make sprites. I can make. I can make team map graphics. team sprite over here. Well, yeah, I was looking at um. Alex's portfolio <laughs> site, and I was looking at his artwork, and I think you guys tackled art. We can make some cool shit. I can make music. And I think, yeah. And I think definitely what we should do is because a problem that Mason and I always run into is we uh we're like, all right, this is a game idea, and then we go into Saturday, and when you get to code something, you know, programming is a lot more like having an idea of what a gameplay mechanic is and actually putting it oh, yeah. into code. Is it has to be thing. small. It has to be. It small. has to be small, but it also has to be like completely thought out by the time we put paper. So how into about a robot, robot that poops in your shoe and gets you a beer? Is this a running brand synergy? Um, it's just. It's by the way, it's it's not I, uh, I pitched <laughs> Tindergarten to uh, someone this week, and I took it like a bit too far. <laughs> I think they were just like really because you out. mentioned it to begin with. I think that yeah, that was, that was probably are we still, are we still recording? Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, we are. We did a whole episode on anyway, Tinder. Yeah, there's an yeah. episode titled Tinder. Oh, I'm not. That, I'm was, not that was the first I'm one. Not, that we wait, wait, you're like your face going down. No, in value. no, I just I didn't realize that I was. I, I, we're we're gonna send this to the deep local people tomorrow. Well, I wanted to clarify the global game jam thing. Yeah, cool. We're cool. All, we're all thumbs upping and thumbs o- up. okaying. And I can't believe Dylan, thumbs, Dan thumbs just thumbs thumbed down. down. I can't uh, believe Dylan didn't break beat Undertale. Woo! 